Hey guys and gals, it is another episode from the Gravity Lab Air Show or the Land Air Show series. We had a really good time traveling in the land. We had a good time visiting with a lot of cool friends, making some neat friends and new friends. And uh, this episode is actually one of our newer friends. Tonight you'll be hearing from Kristen Johnston. Kristen is the uh, operations manager at Skydive the Land. Didn't really get to know her much. Our dear friend Riley Marshall works at UPT. She suggested that uh, we interview Kristen and it by far was a great time. Sometimes we talk a lot about skydiving and with uh, management backgrounds in skydiving with Nick and Kristen and even myself a little bit. Uh, you would think we talk a lot about that, but nope. Kristen is a foodie at heart. If you know Nick and myself, you know how much we love food. Mr. G, Justin Grubbs is right on board with that. We talked a little bit and a lot about food, a lot about life, and a lot about a really good time. Enjoy the visit with Miss Kristen Johnson. I hope you guys had just or enjoy it just as much as we did. We had a great time, but uh, we really want to thank uh, thank Performance Designs for having us for the Deland Air Show series. Uh, guys and gals, you did a huge part of it. Between you guys, the listeners, and Performance Designs, you made the Deland Air Show series completely possible. Thank you to Performance Designs for use of their uh, conference room in their marketing department. But man, have you heard the news? You've asked for it. You've wanted it. You keep bugging about it. And the Sabre 3 is finally here. The Sabre 3, they've been teasing it for a couple months. You've seen some really uh, ambiguous ads or ambiguous videos about what the new canopy is on some social media. But man, this past Monday, they released it. Some great things to know about the Sabre 3. First of all, it is available in a smaller size from some of my uh, pint-sized friends like Nicole Black. She's super excited. Already has her 89 demo on the way to confirm that's what she's probably going to buy. The Sabre 3 is, is, is a complete evolution of the Sabre 2. A lot of good things going on about it. It's got that nice uh, recovery arc. It's got a little more uh, progressive front riser input, so a little goes a long way. You're going to feel a lot more uh, out of it. The Sabre 3 has the tail riblets. A lot of you have seen pictures and those little extra ribs in the back of that tail. Those tail riblets are super helpful, keeping a lot more rigid tail. So when you give input on those toggles or rear risers, you're going to have a lot more performance and feedback coming in from it. At the same time, that's high speed or full speed. At that low end when you're flaring, it still keeps that tail more rigid, giving you more lift and giving you more carry at that tail end of that, that landing or that swoop and giving you more shutdown power. The Sabre 3 is for everybody. Whether you're an advanced and expert skydiver, you'll be able to turn this wing, swoop this wing, and make a fly across the ground. Super cool to hear stories of guys like Luis Pernetto doing blind mans on these wings. If you're novice and intermediate, these wings are for you as well. Keep the right wing loading. Keep the right uh, mindset. And this wing is the is a great wing for anybody and everybody. Powerful bottom end. And, and most important, the thing I hear probably questioned the most from my friends is what about those openings? I've not got to jump one yet, but I've seen a bunch of openings. And they are smooth. They are clean. They've really got a nice, consistent opening from everything I've seen. I can't wait to get my hands on a Sabre 3. I jump commonly a Spectre 120, so I'm going to demo a Sabre 3 120 and hit up my boy Kyle, Kyle Peterson. He is a fellow Gravity Lab radio listener. I uh, really enjoy having him as, as a listener, but he is the demo rep for Performance Design. So hit him up, say hey from Gravity Lab, and also order your demo. He's got my Sabre 3 120 uh, on the way. You can go to performancedesigns.com, click on demos, click on Send It USA or Send It Europe, wherever you you're located and just follow the form there and Kyle will get that uh, situated hit you up and get that demo out to you as soon as possible oh yeah 
Kyle also said, demos are filling up quick. So if you want to demo your Sabre 3, make sure you go to performancedesigns.com today. Get your demo order in so you're one of the first to fly this new badass wing. Guys and gals, thank you for your time. Enjoy the show with Miss Kristen Johnston. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Right yeah. So I figured this show, okay. I learned from the last show this Gentlemen morning. Gentlemen and hey, lady. What's up, buddy? Hello. So yeah, the last show, Jesse was here and I drank like six cup of coffees this morning before I showed up. <laughs> did you, are you saying it that way on purpose? <laughs> no, did I say it wrong again? Six cup of coffees is what you said <laughs> both times. <laughs> Hello, I am Asian. We don't speak our English very well. No, not on purpose at all. I would love to say I'm being funny, but no, I'm stupid. No, he's uh, just had six coffees of co- cups of coffee <laughs> cup of coffees so i thought starting this show with a big cup of coffee would be a way to not break that trend okay know? okay consistency oh is that like if ramen made coffee cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> boom see logic that's what that was <laughs> yo ladies and gentlemen we are here with Kristen johnston i got that right yes uh we were trying to spell your name earlier and i'm like it's christ en so mm-hmm. have you ever described your name that way um, no. But it worked. It was easy. It, yeah. Um, it would be like Chris 10. Oh, more that's like better. The, that, you're the, so much smarter than me. I've been doing it for a little while. Like, yo, I'm Chris and I'm a 10. Yeah. Thank you, fellas. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kristen is joining us from Skydive to Land. You. What do you do for Skydive to Land? I'm the operations manager at the drop zone. Which means um, janitor, secretary, do yep, everything. Yep. All around uh, emergency Give a hand. Someone's sick. Give a hand. Having really exciting meetings like today. Yes, today's been really exciting. Busier than normal. Um, I was going to try and write down what I did so I had proof that I do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> really, when I get asked, it's kind of like, I don't really know what I do. Emails. I do emails. How many emails do you send in a normal day, let's say? Um, hmm. Maybe, maybe a week is an easier number to come no, up with? No, I probably do between like 10 and 16 emails a day. Okay, so what what are the topics? What do they range from? Um, well, I monitor the info at email. Uh, info at email. <laughs> Good <laughs> thing it's a podcast. That's get a hold of me. <laughs> info at email. We can't talk. No, it's just info at email. Um, the, I do the <laughs> info at Scott of Deland address. And so sometimes it's people who just reached out from the website and they're asking questions like, um, uh, my brother is, uh, just got one. My brother is handicapped. Can he come jump? And so a lot of things I have like kind of canned responses for, and I'll tailor it for the individual. Um, that's an interesting topic. Do you guys do special needs tandems? Um, yes. Short answer is yes. Obviously, um, limiting factors, right? Yeah. Um, usually the way we communicate it to people is that we do everything we can to help share our sport with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and within reason and making sure it's safe. So if they're local, which is the best case scenario, um, like for them to come out first, you know, or come out on a Tuesday, if it is good weather conditions, if we have the right instructor, um, you know, all the right factors, then we can take them that day or we can kind of give them a pre-approval before they come out with their friends and family and then get kind of consultation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, it's just all those different factors you got to communicate with people. Like if it's a no wind day 
and they don't have use of their legs, it's not really going to be maybe as good as if it was a windier day Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, whatever the scenario is. Have you been a part of many of those sorts of skydives or got to see many of them? Uh, Yeah, actually, um, CPS every year does a wounded warrior uh, tandem thing. I I guess the uh, um, charity that they used to uh, support was called Wounded Warrior Mm -hmm. or Wounded Warrior Project. And now it's a CPS thing, I think, specifically, and it's called Parachutes for Patriots. And so they bring out a lot of people um, from our armed forces, uh, veterans and, and I guess they're all just, they're veterans, not just veterans. I didn't Is mean that. that complete <laughs> parachute services? Uh, CPS? Solutions. Solutions. I yeah. Oh, I was close. I only yeah. heard it once. Uh, you learned that, what, hour and a half ago? Yeah, and I already forgot. So Yeah, they're just right across the street. So that's where yeah, we, I was we, earlier. Yeah, uh, we took a tour of the PD facility right before you came here. So um, we got to see all the cool things. Isn't it kind of crazy, the white hallways here? It's like you can get lost. You're uh, I, I was just following maze. that handsome <laughs> devil Jesse around the whole time. So, oh, new bow, new bow, new bow. Yeah, yeah. new bow. <laughs> so I got to ask Nick real quick: What's the coolest thing you saw in the PD factory? I want to save that for tomorrow when we're talking to uh, Mr. John LeBlanc. That will be Thursday. Yeah, well, that's tomorrow basically for me. So there's one other thing I'm hinting at that we found out while we were here. You saw. You may well saw his parachute. Yeah, well, that's the part I was going to oh. say. Oh, thanks um, for ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Don't worry, so, we're going to uh, air I, her after John. I have a <laughs> canopy in production right now. Oh, fun! And I didn't want to ask about it just because it felt nerdy to me. But <laughs> after after seeing like the rolls of fabric that are up there, uh-huh. just imagining, man, there are pieces of fabric sitting on that roll that are going to get like I thought about like Michelangelo used to talk about how he would create a sculpture that the the sculpture was already inside the rock he just had to remove the excess oh. right uh, so like seeing the parts of my canopy are over on that <laughs> roll over there and dj had the had the, the courage to ask hey wh- can we see where his canopy is uh-huh. and i still th- i mean i don't know how that was one question that i that i didn't ask that'll be good for for john is how long a canopy takes from you know the first uh, bit of work on the canopy to, to full completion i didn't ask that question hmm. because i didn't want to know if it was sitting over there <laughs> didn't get my hopes up but uh, dj was bold enough to ask so they said uh, when, when we came back jesse found out that it was having binding tape put on it while we were oh in there how in the cool so did you get to peek on that no I, I don't it'll just get me too excited and that okay. feels like it's going to take longer okay. yeah. so it, it's cool to know but uh, i don't need to be tortured too bad that was one of my favorite things working at UPT is, you know, I'd know if a friend had their order in because you can see the, the list of, of production that's going in. And so I'd go and sneak and ask, hey, you know where I can find this serial number? And I'd go up in the, you know, the bin and take pictures of their sidewall or, you know, it was fun. I liked sharing with people the mid uh, creation process. It's really neat. Actually, you visited Infinity, and I think you shared with one of our buddies a picture of their rig. Or I, either I, that, or you shared I a rig. I saw Larry Hack's name on uh. the. Uh, on, uh, I could tell it was an order that had been received, but but nothing had had really been. Oh my gosh, I don't know if anything was built. I rem- just remember seeing his name on on the shelf attached to some stuff, and uh, and reached out to ask him what he had going. I remember one of somebody, I thought it was you, posting a picture of a rig and somebody going, hey, that's my rig being built. And it really was. It's so cool to see people's yeah. things put together and to know that, like, hey, who who all has seen the PD Factory Tour? It, it is phenomenal. You need to go to it. Most haven't. And then who has seen their own parachute being built? We couldn't identify which one was Nick's, but there's mm-hmm. no doubt, based off the information we found, that at some point we quite possibly laid eyes on it. Right. There's a lot of white ZP out there. Oh, a imagine lot. that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially, man, I love, we were talking about, we were at, uh, we were eating at the perfect spot, and I don't know who it was, has an almost all-white Valkyrie with rainbow 
innards? Uh, pro- probably Animoxmus. Was that or, Anna's? Or maybe any of the Zion kiddos? So I'm going to say it might have been Anna because the other two Zion guys we saw land yesterday uh-huh. both landed on the same load and that canopy. Uh-huh. It's her. Yeah, yeah. Nick, you're going to have to fight this girl for it. <laughs> it's a pretty looking parachute. <laughs> She's injured but right now, so you could probably win. Oh, yes. She's got the reach on him. It doesn't okay. everybody, but I'm feisty, man. <laughs> Bring it in close. Mm-mm, I'm staying away. I'm not even getting close. So you are the manager at Skydiving Land Operations Manager. Operations Manager. How long have you held the operations manager position? Um, about two years. Just okay. just slightly over two years. Um, I uh, I mean I have a long history at the drop zone. I started working there in 2002, when I was seven. No, I was legal. We started to work. working <laughs> on the drop zone at the same year. <laughs> a little bit different ages. Oh, um, I was legal to work. Um, my dad was the general manager there, and so um, weekends, uh, school holidays, I was at the drop zone, answering phones, doing data entry, hating my life. Um, but you know, I stayed there for ten years and uh, left for about six, and uh, now I'm back. So you say hating your life. What did you hate as a young child being on the drop zone working just working yeah being on the drop zone it, and it's kind of an awkward age to be there you don't really have any peers um mm-hmm. and so it's just really just a bunch of older weirdos you know who yeah. ask you questions you don't really understand the answer you're giving them um but uh also i just wanted to be at home i wanted that, to watch tv man that's mtv that MTV? Crucial programming. What was your favorite music video? Do you remember music videos? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. That sounds right up your alley, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. That Barbie on the barbecue, Barbie on the Barbie. I really liked that. <laughs> no, Stuck I, with me. I don't remember <laughs> that one bit. Well, they're or in like a, the backyard, like grilling, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, I don't know, I have this really weird, um, uh, totally personalized uh, image in my head about a uh, John Mellencamp song with a taxi cab and a girl in a white shirt. I just, at that young age, I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> I don't know. It just stuck with me. And actually, for the longest time, I was like, what song is that? And I heard it on the radio one day, and I was like, oh, that is the music video. Do you remember when you would uh, leave like a blank tape in your stereo so yes. you could record onto yeah. a cassette tape your favorite yeah. song when it came yeah. on? Definitely. Yeah. We had a dull tape deck. It was the great greatest to make mixtapes and shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how far we've come? Can you believe how far we've come? It's CDs not. aren't even cool anymore. I, uh, I'll age myself a little bit, but I remember my dad telling me to like play that song again or to set up that song, and I would go to the reel-to-reel player and set up the reel-to-reel player and like feed the tape in it. So, yeah, you're making wow. old faces. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> Do you have to pee again? <laughs> <laughs> How's that knee? I don't know, but let me get my walker and take my tape out, and I'll be right back. Um, and yeah, I remember all those things, and, and I was listening. I think we talked about it last show, an MC Hammer song that starts with, oh, yeah, I'm glad I put this tape in and I lost my shit because I remember putting the tape in to play that song once upon a time uh-huh. and like and then I, I pulled up the uh, music video which got us kicked off of Facebook oh yeah Facebook's getting real picky about what we show as well so don't show any MC Hammer videos apparently yeah. alright I won't <laughs> he's like no trust me I won't bro. No, <laughs> I, dude I thought it was such a good idea when I pulled that video up I was like oh fuck yeah MC Hammer pants yeah. Facebook oh. said can't touch this <laughs> 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 or you could just and quit Facebook right. Hey, that's a solid move. I actually really wanted to talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. I have this dream of getting off of social media, Facebook especially. Uh As I scroll through Facebook, especially in the mornings, 
I realized that I'm not connected to any of it. Mm-hmm. And my favorite buttons, my I have two favorite buttons. One is unfollow on Facebook, and mm-hmm. the other is stop receiving notifications for this post. Okay. And uh, I would love oh, to stop love notifications from all of those posts, but I feel like I'm... So part of my excuse is that we use Facebook as a company to communicate a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a really good solution to that to that issue. Yeah. So, so maybe you could share what you do. Yeah, you just make a like a an account. You don't have any friends. You don't have any pictures. So you don't get like this like time suck of just scrolling through your feed, seeing all this really irritating stuff that you want to respond to, and you're like, no, no, that's not good. Just keep on moving. Um, so I use that for our staff pages. I mean, we communicate out to our fun jumpers and tandems periodically, um, you know, through the company Facebook pages or the Deland Fun Jumpers page. Um, but I just do it as just blank Kristen Johnston. I don't follow anyone. Um, I try not to get very involved also. Just, just give space and time for people to go do their own Facebook thing. And I'll get involved if I really need to. But most people just kind of tire themselves out with their keyboard warrioring and social justice. Then I don't have to get mad about it. (laughs) So you don't get mad. You get popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just find myself getting a little too invested and I start, you know, furiously moving my thumbs on my keyboard. And it's like, "Mm, just close that down. I oh, oh, go ahead. I got to the point where I thought about getting a second phone for business, a second phone for everything, because like Nick said, we, we use these things for work. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't think I can just, well, I could because Nick and Brianne access uh, flight. They actually don't have social media mm-hmm. and yet they've done a good job being supported and sponsored athletes and building a brand and building a business. So they right. prove we don't need it. Um, but I do feel like it's helpful for athletes to actually have and use their own pages and their own things. Yeah. Well, especially because, I mean, you see a lot of people uh, in this sport, and I'm sure sports in general that are like this, like wakeboarding or motocross or something, um, that it's like your active resume. You know, if you're reaching out to someone and you want like some sponsorship or trying to partner on something, they're going to look you up on Facebook and see if you're a brand they can get behind. So I, I do see how it is a valuable tool, but as a business. And yeah. I don't know. Personally, I'm just totally not going to do the Facebook thing. I feel really good not having I it. Don't How long has you. it been? How long have you been off of the Facebooks? I think I have been off Facebook for almost a year. You look so like satisfied and yes. so happy. You look like it. someone who's <laughs> talking about their heroin addiction. I've been <laughs> off of heroin for but, one year. But I, um, I'm on Instagram all the time. I scroll, but it's kind of catered to like this aesthetics that I really like. There's a lot um, less drama on Instagram. Yeah, it's really easy to miss the drama. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to read their story. Yeah, because it doesn't put up the whole paragraph when yeah. someone writes a novel about whatever yeah. their breakfast was. And it doesn't seem like there's many comments to Instagram compared to... Like well, it, I mean, I guess it depends on what you follow. Sometimes I will read some crazy stuff. There's... um. There's this uh, woman, uh, I think her handle is like Miss Angie Me or something like that. She is a pathologist assistant. So she works in a, a lab where they get like, I don't know, um, awful stuff. Some Sometimes like her pictures are, are blurred out, um, sensitive material or whatever. So but it's all like just uh, pretty graphic? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. injuries? Injuries or like... Um, oh, <sighs> I don't know. Forensic Can't, kind of stuff? Kind of. Like, uh, if Not someone like Pipple had, like, Pomper MD, though, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that Instagram? <laughs> no, but it just it's makes me think. It's the craziest thing. I have seen that. It's just 
giant zits, boils, and um, disgusting things in people. So pimple I don't popper MD. I heard pickle pumper. Pickle, <laughs> yeah, well. well, I oh, also you've, you've heard seen that. my other Instagram account. Okay, that's probably why I looked at you really confused at first. Pickle and I was pump. like, oh, pickle pumper. I pump pickles. <laughs> my, that's um, my separate business. I really, I really like hers too, but I don't follow hers, so I can like when I'm really bored or I don't have a whole lot to do, I can just like go do a deep dive, and it's like oh, I've never seen this before. <laughs> What's your? Do you have a favorite Instagram account to follow, other than this this woman that I just interrupted you about? <laughs> um, I don't. Think Gravity so. Labrador. No. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know. I just. Uh, I like a lot of um, like architecture and okay, art. That's weird fair. art. Like uh, maybe like High Fructose. It's a art magazine. Okay. The I don't know. I like to look at uh, like weird videos. And stuff that I send to my friends. Well, okay, let's get back to crazy, <laughs> crazy lady with the censored stuff. What's she all about? Um, like she'll like um like if someone had a uh, cancer removed, she'll okay. she'll get that and scan. They scan like the margins to see if the cancer's been removed. And so it's like body parts and you know if someone has had like a like a spontaneous abortion or something like or you see teeny tiny feti fetuses. So it's not for everyone, but I just find it really really interesting. Um, or some crazy stuff, like if, you know, someone got shot with a, um, like a spear gun and it shows it, you know, having gone all the way through their body and you see their x-rays and then you see them totally healed and I don't know, just weird stuff like that. Like, so what, what drives that fat is like, is it the, uh, like fascination with the human body or are you just one of those weirdos that likes um, seeing people's insides? I'm pretty sure I have a few friends who, um, will make fun of me and say, oh, I find the human body fascinating. I think I say that a lot and they tease me and repeat it, but I don't know. It's kind of gross and kind of weird and not your norm. Um, well, if any terrible thing ever happens to me, I'm going to send you a picture first. Oh, really? I would love that. <laughs> 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 that, that something terrible happens to him or the picture? Well, <laughs> well mm, oh, wow. Rude. Oh, that's cool. I, I get like it. you more and more. If you ever leave this area, come to Houston because picking on Nick is a hobby we have. Okay. Yeah. Everyone okay. likes it. Okay. Um, I even guys, enjoy it a little bit. Um, one of something weird is I have only spent a little bit of time in Houston, but I feel like I'm one of the few people who really enjoyed it. I really liked my time I, in Houston. I think it's kind of a polarizing place. You either really love it and it grabs you and you say, God, I would never live in Texas. And then next thing you know, you've been living in Houston for eight years. Yeah. Oh, is I, that I, what happened I, to that's you? That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Houston because I like mountains, I like trees, mm. like geography. We were just walking to the gas station and I commented like you can always tell when you're in a hurricane prone area like Houston or here even worse so because nothing's taller than like a three story building. It all gets knocked down by the winds regularly. Right. So I like mountains. Uh, a joke in Houston will match here in Florida. The tallest thing in Houston is an overpass. Yeah. So I like mountains, but the economy of Houston is wonderful. We can jump year around for me who works in skydiving full time. It's been a blessing. Mm -hmm. And I will say the people of Houston and then the food. Houston has some phenomenal food choices. Yeah. yeah. I guess I didn't really do the foodie thing. I did a couple uh, breweries, which were nice. I mean, little old Deland. We have one brewery here. We're about to have a second on the same street even, you know, so that would be fun. But I don't know. It was just kind of rented city bikes and went around to a couple museums. And I guess it's not stuff you do all the time if you lived there. But I enjoyed my three weeks there. You did the museum district? I don't know. Which museums did you go to? Like a car museum. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. The art car museum? Maybe? I, yeah, I think so. Um, and 
and then I don't know, just riding bikes around town. It, yeah. was, it was nice. It was fun. Downtown, uh, well, I say downtown, such a big place can be, and it's nice. There's some really cool places to go, and it's great. Um, I don't do any of the touristy things in Houston that exist mm-hmm. because, for example, my sister's coming to visit in a couple months, and now I'm like, hey, let's go do all the touristy things because I never go. Right. So right. I guess it's kind of the same here. You don't really go to theme parks, or at least I don't. Um, I, I don't want to go to the Holy Land experience so bad. What's the Holy Land? You don't know. What? You tell him. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess I wish I knew. Maybe that's what we should do tomorrow. It's a Jesus theme park. Yeah. It looks like the Coliseum from the outside. It's by the Mall Millennia. So it's pretty much central center of Orlando. You even have to get through downtown to get to it. Did you happen Um, to see the movie Religious, Bill Maher? Nope. Oh well, he goes there. That's how I know about it. I mean, I'm just thinking Disney World. Like it's Disney World, but G- but but biblically <laughs> themed. That's Nick, it. Nick and I flew here together, but I didn't sit with him because he was sick, and uh, I sent a text message. I gave him a lot of mouth kisses. It's cool. I uh, <laughs> I gave. He's him got it. Whatever I whatever. Yes, he's got it. I sent him a text message. It was meant for my wife. I'm like, everybody on this plane is going to Disney World or cruise. I want to hate them all. Um, I dude, I knew the moment that you sent me that because th- right before that he said on the plane, and I was like, yeah, jackass, so am I. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's meant for his wife. I know it. I know in two more messages he's gonna say, oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, that's okay. I know I'm your second wide. That was a typo. I had said second <laughs> wife, although I am a double wide. Yeah, which you know. made we have me a lot of those around here. <laughs> Man, here in here in Texas. Man, everything's bigger in Texas, y'all. Uh, except your pants. Oh, my God. Except my <laughs> pants. That's not what happened to me when I moved to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I totally don't get it. Yeah, I'm lost. Everything's bigger in Texas except for my pants. My pants got smaller. Oh, oh I get it. So I told my wife everything that, that she's insinuating that her pants shrunk. Yeah, sure. That's the only way that they could possibly become tighter. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We moved to Texas, and I told my wife, don't worry, everything's bigger in Texas. And mm-hmm. we got to the bedroom, and she called me a liar. So <laughs> I'm not sure how that worked out. No, no. Uh, Nick's it just was there. Uh, <laughs> no, story of my life, dude. I get, fully get it. Fully. It guacamole and margaritas. I mean, you have it here, but, man, it was just like, I was unstoppable when I got to Texas. Do you guys have... so? Tex-Mex versus Mexican. Oh, this is a really good conversation. Let's go. Um, I'm Mexican all the way. I hate Tex-Mex. I think there is uh, good in both. But I ask friends, like, hey, do you want to go get Mexican? You know, when we're around here and I bring them out and they're like, this isn't Mexican. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, this isn't Mexican. And it's like, oh, okay. You, you're you talking like ranch farms and stuff like that and the combination of Mexican food and, and American food coming together. Tex-Mex. Cheese. Durr, man. <laughs> no, so there's good Mexican around here? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, it's called De La Vega. Well, that's one of the restaurants I didn't tell you about. Um, De La Vega is pretty good. They've got um, more of like a fresh take, um, like chef-inspired kind of uh We've, restaurant. We've had a lot of conversations about food recently on the podcast. That's what I'm laughing about. <laughs> we, in fact, have a uh, event coming up. I don't plan Facebook events very often, but I named it uh, Stuff Your Face Fest, okay. where we're going to go on a tour of Houston. Mostly mostly it's in, you know where the Heights is in Houston. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of different restaurants in the Heights that are just 
disgustingly delicious. Mm. And I think it's, I don't know if it's an, uh, like officially an eating contest between anyone. Okay, I was wondering, is not. this a couple day event? Or? No, it's like an all day, we're going to try and eat at 10 places or anywhere that anyone wants to go. Now, hold okay. on. This is not fair. It's not all day. We start at 1 p.m. So it's only half hey, a day to eat I, at 10 restaurants. I am catering to one of our very important <coughs> fans for that start time, okay? Dude, and I fully support Mr. Menard. And I will like, dude, I will wait for that man anytime. So I'm good with that. Uh, have you guys thought about how you're going to prepare? I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I used to be able to eat tons more. I started getting healthier, so I can't eat nearly as much. But this That's man right here. Think? Uh, no, like I, I get full pretty easy. So I'm going to pace myself. You have to practice. I'm not going to practice because I don't want to be 200 pounds again. <laughs> but this man right here could eat this whole table right now. I just like this dude eats we've been to several dinners together and it's been been a few occasions where him and i are the last one standing i'm not competing i'm just hungry mm-hmm. but i know if we started competing i'm not eating. i like it's like cool nope nope we had one friend who like threw down with nick like i can eat more than you alicia yeah and uh that did not end well for her she did she vomit <laughs> said and done uh i told her that i wouldn't tell anyone that that happened okay <laughs> i will <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple people at the drop zone who get together on a fairly regular basis and go to Texas Day Brazil. And uh, they'll ask me like on the same day, they're getting better, you know, to give them credit. But they'd ask me on the same day and I'm like, oh, I can't go. I'm not prepared for this. How do you how would you prep for a, for a day like this? Um, this is probably it's like like a two day thing. You know, for like days. I like you so much. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> for the first day, you really can't eat much. Actually, you don't eat much either day, but you have one big meal each day. Because and then late, like so, if you're going to you're, dinner, you're describing my day every day, which <laughs> is maybe why I'm so good at making food disappear. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to to dinner on a Wednesday, Tuesday night, you eat a giant meal, and that's it until you go to dinner. You on, know what? On Wednesday. You said there's a way to prepare for this. I thought I was going to be eat a lot for two weeks. I am actually going to... Uh, no, it's really short term. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll try yeah. it. Yeah, okay. do it. I'll see if I can get <laughs> like... Like last night... At, was it last night? Yeah, last night at dinner, I tapped at some point. I'm like, I'm, I'm just done, which I never... Like Where'd how much food go? was there? Thai. Thai mm. sushi. Did you like um, it? Oh, I love it. It's my uh, only my third time there, but it's always been good. Um, I got a bowl of uh, tamka. Mm. And, dude, their tamka is really good. I like it. Um, I got a sushi roll. I forget what it was. Spicy tuna, spicy or something, and nothing I, was spicy. I feel bad for anyone listening to this who's like driving or doing <laughs> it. You're getting. I'm sorry that you're getting hungry right now, but it's gonna happen. Dude, and then uh, I had uh, a basil dish, and okay. I, I, that was a reasonable amount of food. But I was like, I'm done, and I'm surprised I'm done. But now, like, because where are we going again? Where are these places? Uh, there's the whole. I've got a list of like ten places. So it started. How much uh, time do you have? That day? Uh, I mean, the day. Oh, right. We're back to Houston. Okay. Oh, you Stuff mean your here? Face fest. Yeah. I mean, I will do it here. I don't give a shit. <laughs> this man. But, <laughs> but we had a guest on the show, Francisco, who uh, we also mentioned on the last show because he's really good at cutting away parachutes that he's demoing. <laughs> but um, we were talking about food because he and I are both reasonably fit people and are usually... I'm always on a diet of some sort. And uh, and he, he is often on a diet as well. And so... After, was I, maybe I was fasting during this show. So it started a couple of shows prior. Okay. Well, I want to go to Tatsuya. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there's a there's a ramen restaurant that I was going to take DJ to. So we've had that plan for a little bit. But then we were talking about this burger joint that's called uh, Bernie's Burger Bus. Used to be a food truck. Now it's a restaurant. Okay. And they have a sandwich called the Detention Burger. 
So imagine a burger, but instead of a bun on top and bottom, it's a bacon grilled cheese sandwich, uh, and then it's a double hamburger. Okay. It's not like, I mean, it's it's a big sandwich, but I don't think it's like unfinishable for most people. So we're going to start there. And then I think... Hold on one second. I want it to be a contest. I don't. I don't want to say that out loud. That's a multiple <laughs> time you've described the ten- detention burger, and I don't think it's fair because it's like a burger with grilled cheese on top and bottom. Uh huh. There is still the normal buns as well. No, I don't think the buns are in there. Are they? Look it up, Justin, because I'm pretty sure. I'm it's pretty sure it's just a burger buns, like a burger with buns. I think with you're just seeing double patty, double cheese. That is super possible because you know my eyes can only see so tall of this picture at once. Like, oh, <laughs> Asian problems. Oh, that's guy. But um, so I could pull up the list of restaurants if you want. But we, I, I started with ten places and invited a few friends to the Facebook group. They invited invited a few more people, and so some people have, have thrown in other ideas. But I think the most reasonable thing to do because we're not going to eat the same thing at every restaurant, right? With a group, okay. let's say we have ten people. Not all ten people are going to order the same sandwich. I retract same, my statement. statement. I understand it better now. You got it. I'm there. Okay, great. Um, Oh my god! It's a good-looking sandwich. <laughs> that's a handsome fucking sandwich. You're gonna s- okay. Yeah, that's You're gonna, gonna start th- with that. That's where it starts. Yeah. Okay. But I think that if we were gonna do a competition, which I'm not saying we're doing, because I'm ready to just go let everyone have a good time. And he doesn't not want anyone else to know it's a competition. No, no, I'm fine. If it if it's a competition, cool. I will ruin myself to win it. That's fine. I just want to throw but it out here, Tex. Francisco, it's a competition. Nick's throwing it down, boys. (laughs) But I think the only practical way to actually compete is to do a weigh-in. Weigh-in before we start and see who can gain the most weight in a day. Okay. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if everyone wants to just enjoy themselves. But uh, Smush Smush is the next thing on the list. So Smush is an ice cream sandwich place where they make your ice cream inside of two cookies or they'll do... D- inside of two donuts, inside of churros, inside of all sorts of shit, and then we'll cover it in sprinkles or fruity pebble cereal or caramel sauce or whatever, whatever you want. This sounds like it's going to get expensive. Maybe you should I reach out to a, these places to sponsor you guys. Nope, I don't. I've, I'm putting aside a budget for for the whole day. You straight sound like my wife when she heard these plans. She goes, "That's going to be expensive, honey," which <laughs> I think means she knows how much I can actually eat. And back to it, I can eat a. I can't touch this motherfucker. There's no chance, man. So. I'm not in the competition. I'm going to win or throw up and or have diarrhea. If I do... Can you still win if you throw up? I don't think so. I think you could shit your pants and still win because <laughs> it's going through its natural cycle, but I don't think you can throw up. I think that's cheating. <laughs> okay. I will be the unofficial official judge, and I will <laughs> agree to that rule. God damn it. If you shit that your sounds, pants, we're good. Honestly, the, the competition sounds fun from one one perspective of my brain of like, yeah, I'm going to out-eat everybody. What? And then it's like, man, I would... It sounds great to just enjoy the day, just have a donut here and an ice cream sandwich there and a burger over here and a taco over here. That sounds like a That's far more enjoyable plan. But I that doesn't would, end with I win. I'm looking at another burger there that has fried mac and cheese yes. patties oh, yeah, as a, the buns. Yes. <laughs> Hold that monitor up for our girl. With the Cheetos, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Flamin' Hot Cheetos crushed on the outside. That's a mac and cheese Flamin' Hot <laughs> Cheeto bun on it's that It's not mofo. small either. God. It's like as much as as thick as the meat is. Yeah. God, I love that thick meat. <laughs> so, uh, oh. we, God, are we going to talk about food this whole time? 
Is that what's going to happen? Man, it just happened, apparently. (laughs) So, Uh, man, by the way, speaking of uh, this Mexican joint you talked of, Mm -hmm. uh, talk with Riley tonight, plan tomorrow night's dinner together, and we'll go wherever you guys suggest. Okay. And that's that's our plans tomorrow night. Okay. I was getting a little bit nervous thinking about the ramen because I'm pretty sure that place usually has like an hour and a half wait or something, like no matter what. 45 minutes away, no matter what. And Mm -hmm. that's a little bit challenging. Like, I'd rather stay local and spend more time together. Yeah. So, I'm okay with that. Stuck in a car together. Uh, with Bo. Oh, Boner. Oh, <laughs> You've got great nicknames for people that I've never heard before. You've never heard Boner. I mean, I've heard of them. I've never had one. Dude, did you uh, re- remember when Riley just blasted Boner on Facebook with... Uh, no, he, I don't. So Riley, this is when Riley was at VSE. Okay. And Bo was with PD, and Bo sent Riley like a, I love you, I miss you, some like smushy message. Oh, he's so adorable. And Riley shared it on Facebook and called him like I forget what, but just like basically a Sally. And oh, look at Boner, blah blah blah, and like <laughs> blasted him because let's be real, Riley is the man in that relationship. You're yeah. not wrong, no. and it's not because she's very masculine; it's because he's emasculated. <laughs> I think you're both both very nice people. If you ever hear this, I don't agree with them at all. No, I to- I adore them. I I like them uh, both individually and as a couple. They provide a little comedic relief uh, at the house. Um, but uh, no, I do think they're lovely. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> they need but a combined name, them. like a like like a combined power couple name. You know, mm. man, Roe, that don't work. <laughs> we'll, fit, we'll, we'll get there at some point. Hmm. Back to I'll, food. I'll, okay, you want to talk about food? You want, I pulled up the list of places. Oh yeah, you were giving the list. Of places. I mean, I was gonna. I, I'm sure our fans wait till some, someone asked about it. But uh, if you want to attend the uh, Stuff Your Face Festival, you just gotta send send me a message. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it on Facebook because I'm gonna be on it for another week before uh, Kristen talks me into erasing my account. Do we got it. Bernie's Burger Bus, Smush, the ice cream sandwiches, Ramen Tatsuya, Voodoo Donuts is on the list. We're changing but that one also, now. yeah, added to the list was Glazed, which uh, has super delicious looking donuts. I haven't eaten at either place. When did you guys get a Voodoo Donuts? It re- opened really recently, like uh, just a few weeks ago. Okay. That's a Portland gig, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was walking around Portland with a friend and it was like the smell of urine just permeating <laughs> my nostrils. And then we turned a corner and it was like, I smell donuts. Mm. And there it was the what voodoo donuts what were you doing in portland uh my friend heather used to live there for a little while okay Mur- moroski okay. heath Murrow. that's her name okay heath Murrow. so but we got to switch those two okay out. so i'm happy to do that we could we can put glazed in there which also brings us a little further south uh which could eventually end at cineholic just putting just putting that out there uh, we have the waffle bus, which is uh, gourmet waffles. They have chicken and waffles. They have <sighs> chicken like a fries. cookie butter and jelly waffle. They've got s'mores waffles. They've got all sorts of ridiculous shit. You want to come? Oh I, oh, I don't know. If, no, you guys, it's kind of making me sick thinking about you guys doing this. Well, it's the world we live in. <laughs> Just Mac <laughs> is a restaurant that is dedicated to everything mac and cheese. Okay. The chocolate bar is a huge dessert place. Velvet Taco, I could honestly take it or leave it. It's pretty good, mm. but it's just in the it's same same area. Maybe you should avoid chains. Okay, fuck it. We're going. Torchies is also a chain, but it's more local, I'd say. Mm. It's a better chain. But uh, El Rey is I, an. I agree. Torchies. Have way you been to Velvet to El Rey? Okay. Yeah, it's, I have. That's like my favorite taco joint, but not many people seem yeah, to like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Tex would. And it's open that later too, so you can yep. go in there all uh, drunk and whatnot. Mellow Mushroom Pizza is a chain, but but it is it's really good. Great, and they're hippies. I'll support that. 
and Hop Dotty Burger Bar. So that that rounds Shame. out my list. You can't. I guess you can't. Okay, Damn, so I mean, you that's, two, that's two fine. We could we could take off. Uh, I mean, I was thinking at the end of my list of like, man, what what else needs to be on this list? And I was like, burgers. And then look back at the top of the list, and that's where we start. So I don't know that that means we're going full circle, or if that means hey, we don't need to be repetitive. But if anyone has any, hey DJ idea, I love mellow mushroom. I've heard great things about Star Pizza. I would like to switch those out. Hmm. That Star Pizza is tasty. Star Pizza is wonderful. That was my favorite pizza joint in uh, in Houston for quite a while. Until Mellow Mushroom, or or which one's better? They're different. Okay, Mellow Mushroom. I would say is less of a traditional pizza place than than Star Pizza is, okay. but their food is super good. Like their crust is super delicious. Star or mellow? God, both. I mean, both are good. Okay. I I think that the vibe of our group might connect better with Mellow Mushroom Pizza, Man, but I will go to either gladly. They've cha- have you ever been to a Mellow Mushroom? Mm-hmm. They've changed so. M- they used to be a much smaller chain, and they were so much. More hippy dippy. You walk in okay. and you feel like you're on a psychedelic trip. There's yeah. mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Now they're a lot more sterile. They're a lot more like just average. Mm. Just the, what's that? I word? feel like you still get to see that. I'm pretty sure I have pictures on my phone reel of of mellow mushroom stuff to send to a girlfriend. You feel like oh. it's corporatized? Is that what? you Yes. Mean? Thank you. Safe. I feel like it's standardized Safe now. I can get that, and I and I am not the the great news is the pizza really hasn't changed since they changed the look of the place, and mm-hmm. that's what ultimately matters. But I just like walking in and feeling like I was in a dirty hippie joint. I don't uh-huh. know why. Like, is this food safe to eat? Is it like, am I gonna like a get like a disease, and b am I going to see things after I eat this pizza? Oh, it's all natural. Yeah, yeah, mushrooms are all natural. Mm-hmm. So. Now I feel like I walk in there, and somebody's going to tell me I'm not wearing enough flair. Hi, welcome in. Yeah. I don't get that. I mean, maybe it's just the waiters I've had. I feel like everyone there still embodies a little bit of that hippie attitude. Yeah, no, I feel yeah. like it's still pretty authentic to that to that vibe. Yeah, I, I do. I just I think I'm one of our favorite vacation spots. My wife and I. There is a really I don't want to say rundown mellow mushroom, but it is an older mellow mushroom. And mm. you walk in and you are just a thousand percent positive you're going to get high just by talking to the dude <laughs> who greeted you. Like, <laughs> hey man, I'm like, yeah <laughs> man, what's up, man? Uh, there's a mellow mushroom up by uh, I Fly Dallas in Frisco, and I'm pretty sure the I Fly Dallas crew supported it because the last time I went to town, it was gone. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in there. I'll, I'm having a really hard time not eating this food that's sitting in front of me. So, so throw it far away. No, because I'm going to reach back for it in a minute. Yeah. So you are the operations manager. Oh, okay, Scott we're done. Wayne. All right. Uh, we were we actually got some great food here in this area somehow. So mm-hmm. I, I, you're a local. I do want to kind of throw out some of the food places in the area. Nope, back for, to food. For okay. people, well, <laughs> no, for people visiting the land. Because Thai sushi, number one, if you don't know, in downtown Deland is actually a killer little spot. It's really great. They've been around for a long time. Um, they used to be twice as big, I'm pretty sure, like when I was way too young and the idea of sushi made me probably want to gag. My parents used to go out to dinner there. And uh, the firehouse subs that's next to it, I'm pretty sure, also used to be part of the footprint of Odom. Was it twice as big or mm-hmm. you were half as small? Both. Okay. You know what I mean, though? Yes. Like, like, twice <laughs> as and I, I, for the longest time, could never figure out, like, where do you want to go? I'm like, well, Thai sushi. And I just thought people were describing the mm-hmm. place. No, it's called Thai sushi. Yeah. So if you're into land, for sure, a great place. There's a, a sandwich place, Kyle Schoonover. I don't think you... You know, yeah, I remember we, we, Kyle. We yeah, uh, he took me to the sandwich place. Starts with an M, maybe. Uh, they bring their bread in from Manzano's. 
Man, that was a good oh sandwich. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, I think their original is in New Smyrna, so you can go beachside and get uh, their subs. But um, I just remember that we're in Florida when you said beachside. <laughs> this feels like we're, just, just because the, this feels like we're in DJ's office doing the podcast. Oh, yeah, beachside, New Smyrna, best little beach town around, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, Manzano's has delicious sandwiches. Um, actually, mutual friend Christina has a sandwich named after her. There. Oh, is that true? Yeah, they didn't have a vegan option at the time. Mm. That was her diet. And so she'd just call up and order the Christina. Shout out to Christina. Love it. That yeah. is so cool, man. Yeah. Where else in town is a place? Um, I really, really like Bake Chop. I, so I, last night I started looking up places to go dinner and it took me forever to find Big Chop <laughs> until I realized you said Bake Chop. Bake Chop. Yeah. It's a little choppy, a little weird to say, but um, mm. it's two local girls. Uh, they locally source um meats and produce and try to you know uh i don't know kind of be creative with their menu they have like a daily specials they have like the regular stuff that you know people are obsessed with and stay on the menu but um yeah things are always changing there's always something special to try there but if you go have the left-hander it's a beef and chorizo burger with um like plantains and avocado why do they call it the left-hander i'm left-handed i'm kind of like feeling offended no, I feel like because maybe you got to keep a napkin in your left hand. Okay. I don't know. It's kind of messy, but Or it's you delicious. need to add the left hand to the equation if you're right-handed. And it's like yeah. <laughs> Should we yeah. call them right now and ask? What's your problem? <laughs> Why are you offended by left-handed people? Um, so, yeah, Bake Chop, the Thai restaurant. Um, we have a lot of pizza places. I feel like Deland has um, more pizza per capita. Um, but... Uh, I like um, Urban Brick. It's pretty good. They've got some, I don't know, fun different pizzas. I guess I really like the. I think it's just their salty, sweet and salty pizza. It has fig on it. It's really good. I can eat the whole thing. Fig. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a hard time. Sweetened up. It's like a fig preserve, so it's not just like fresh um, sliced figs because sometimes they don't, yeah. don't really. Well, I was going to say I have a hard time with figs, but I hear about it on pizza and I'm like, well, I have to try it because it doesn't I mean, make sense. Good. How do you like, feel about a fig Newton? That's, uh, that's bread and fig. And gag, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> never really been a huge fan, but back to it, like I hear something unique like that. I'm like, well, if I would never pair it together and somebody has, it's, it's, it's got to be worth a try. It's fig and prosciutto. So I think it's kind of that same idea of like you'd eat um, uh, melon and prosciutto. It's like this a sounds like some snack. weird cheese board combination. Yes. Charcuterie. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> That's what I did in my Fancy pants this morning. The charcuterie. <laughs> Actually, that was you last night. How are you guys sharing a room? Uh, just a bed. Okay. There are plenty of rooms, but yeah, there's like <laughs> five, there's five rooms in this house. DJ provides excellent night heat. Yeah, it was a little yeah. chilly last night. I'm glad you have each other. Uh, he's not. He doesn't have that much heat. I have all the fat. He's got so he needed the help. <laughs> so, but I'm still the big spoon. So, fuck it. I like to be the big spoon. That's weird, but okay. No, it's not. A little bit. No. So my <laughs> my, my wife is like an inch Wonder and a half a shorter thing. than me. Uh-huh. So there is no like big spoon, little spoon as far as like either we can flip back and forth. Uh-huh. And we have recently come to the fact that we like to sleep back to back. Okay. Just because now you are butt to butt. cuddling, <laughs> but you're not generating as much. Because like the hardest part, she's like, I want to cuddle. I'm like, it gets too hot, baby. I want to cut my. That's I'm, when you yeah. just touch them with your foot. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. That's then fine. she complains because my foot's cold. <laughs> I actually, that's not. So now we Which cuddle back Which is great back to because back. you guys make each other too warm. 
Yeah, that sounds like a You have a this argument with her. Okay. I'm not. See, my problem with, with <laughs> cuddling and sleeping is is my arm. If let's say I'm spooning Sam, my arm that has to go underneath her head or be cr- like crumpled up against me, can't do it. Oh. Wake up with a very sore shoulder. Yeah. I, I used to have that issue and when I uh not uh when, when I had that shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to not do that because it destroys my arm. And I just put like two pillows underneath my head, so it leaves me space to be propped up. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. I can do this. So yeah, I can do. That's how. Like, I'd have two pillows. Yeah. And man, the bed in the Airbnb has exactly my same pillow configuration that I have at home. There's a memory foam mattress, and then a very thin, or excuse me, memory foam pillow, and then a very thin regular pillow beneath it. That's exactly what I have at home. And I've never traveled anywhere else that has that pillow configuration. It's your home away from home. It felt great. But, uh, no, like, I have pretty wide shoulders compared to the size of the rest of me, right? So if I don't have that extra pillow, then now my neck gets, gets cranked this way. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't help me to, can't extend it. There was a guy who came to Spaceland who wanted us to help shoot a commercial for him, and I never knew it came of it. This is before your time. And he was inventing a bed where you have plug inserts that you pull out. And I've now seen them since. But you literally have these things that come out from the bed and you can put your arm inside the bed. I think I've seen some like weird pillow that, that has like tunnels and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've seen arms. that shit on Instagram. Yeah, but it's yeah. made to cuddle oh with your God. wife. It's Instagram like, shopping. It's, it, Instagram knows me too well. I know. It's <laughs> I, awful. I really wonder who Instagram thinks that I am <laughs> because it shows me like women's yoga accessories and then also like guns. I don't and, like, really know you that well but that doesn't seem very far off no it's not that's not (laughs) okay but if if it was like building a profile of hey who is this person like (laughs) it knows the shit that i like but i wonder like what instagram thinks like what i am as a person (laughs) what was was the last instagram purchase you made oh my gosh (sighs) everything all the things um maybe some like little perfume things (laughs) I don't think I've Sounds ever like bought a strict anything necessity. on Instagram. Really? God, the, the day I bought this new phone, I, I don't know how it knew that I had just purchased a new phone, but it started showing me all the cool phone cases that are made for, <laughs> for my specific phone. What are you looking for? Well, she can't say she's looking right now. First of all, my note that I haven't had to look at yet. <laughs> yeah, that, I hope that's not for our show. This we, is for me on your show. Okay, because <laughs> I'm sure you noticed we don't follow that rule. No, I know. He's said two curse words already. Which is really kind of like <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. soft for us. Because we're usually yeah, we're, to like we're 30 it, by now. We're taking um, it easy. I don't know. I guess Being uh, professional in someone else's space. That's the last thing I bought. Let's see what PayPal says. Oh, you're looking it up right now? Yeah. I thought you were taking a picture of your note so you'd always remember. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, a, a shirt. I do a lot of shirt shopping on there. Um, what else have I done? I... Just weird stuff. Stuff I don't know. I don't know what Gage Huntley is, but I bought something from him. Gage Huntley. Mm-hmm. Nash and Nick. Don't know. Bought it. Um, yeah, I'm Are always you looking at your, your PayPal history here? Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, because that's how I pay for stuff on Instagram. But they get me all the time where I'm reading reviews. I read a ton of reviews on Instagram. See, sponsor. Yeah, that's a cute yeah. purse. Yeah, that's you should cute. buy it right now. No. PayPal I'd buy it now. <laughs> so I just looked at my Instagram account just out of curiosity, and I look at it, and I see why I've never bought anything on Instagram. It offers me things that don't make sense. Such as? There is some really weird tools on the first ad I come across. Like, I don't understand what these are meant to be. It's a picture of me and you? <laughs> yes. No. I didn't say really big tools. I said really weird tools. But, like, I'm not quite sure 
what this is for, and nor do I even care to figure it out. Those look like a um, tire changing tool for a bicycle, but I could be wrong. That looks like something you put under your car when you're stuck at the beach. I don't understand what this is. Mm, nope. But once again, I'm not worried about figuring it out. This, yeah, I don't know what that is either. That looks, these <laughs> look like bike accessories. Does that look like, not look like something that would you, you'd attach to your handlebars like a rear view mirror for that a bike? That is a bike mirror. Yeah. I couldn't see that as a mirror. I saw it as a loop. Yeah, I see the mirror. Okay, so yeah. And Have you been looking? I mean, you do ride that little, not a Peloton bike, but your stationary bike. God, Ooh. I can't think. I, it's, it's, everybody asks if it's a Peloton because of what it does, and then it's like, no, it's not, but now it's a not Peloton bike in my brain. Um, Echelon. I love my Peloton. Yeah. So have you, have you made any other purchases related to your Echelon? No. Hmm. No. Haven't even looked at bikes. Haven't even, like, there, there's... You're not even, like, a little bike curious? <laughs> I stole that from South Park. Don't give me credit for that. <laughs> no, that, like my Instagram account just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like everything I get on my feed makes sense to me because everything is video games, guns, MMA, oh, cars. D&D. My feed is sorry, Nick. <laughs> hairless cats. That's a lot of my feed. Oh, I have <laughs> do you tons own of cats? Do you own a hairless cat? No, I want one. Okay, bad. Why? Oh, they're so silky. They feel like velvet. Really? Mm-hmm. And okay. they're so warm. Okay. And they want to snug you because they're cold. Now I got to touch a hairless cat because I just picture them feeling like super creepy because they look super creepy. Like I just have, picture have you my pet head. Marcy's hairless dog that's been around at the drop The one zone? that looks like it's radiated? It <laughs> looks like a, a... I love you, Marcy. Is it like a Chinese crested? It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it oh. looks like a, a rat that's been enlarged and brought back to life. So time out. tufts of hair on its ear. That's what yeah, it's, it's supposed to look like? That's not like it having... I'm not being silly. That's the breed. Yeah, that's how they look. Oh, man, because she brought that and Lowrider. I forget Lowrider's name, but yeah, I call the, him Lowrider. The, the Corgi? Yeah, dude, I love Lowrider dogs, man. I love, like, Basset Hounds, Corgis. <laughs> anything, anything with short legs looks like it belongs to, like, Lowriders. It has the long re- the long legs. The wrong, wrong re- legs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah. So Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Are you saying that it has the incorrect legs, or are you making an Asian joke <laughs> that it has long... The, the, in- the incorrect legs. Okay, it has the... <laughs> Wrong legs. <laughs> <laughs> the riddle, riddle wrong legs. Okay. Mom? Mom? My mom has like an amazingly thick Japanese accent. Would you guess that he's half Japanese just looking at this fella? Um, I'm like Darren McKean without hair. Okay. No hair in McQueen. Um, actually, when you say that, you look a oh, lot like Darren McKean. Hold on. Let me help you out. Can you tell now? <laughs> <laughs> but do, no, but this is a real question. Does he look Asian just looking at the fella? Um, oh. Not particularly, oh, no. You racist. No. I'm freaking white. I, I was gonna call you racist either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't know you were Japanese till you told me. No, and almost everybody who hears it goes, "Okay, I can see it now." But yeah, until I say like, that, it has to be prompted. I'm either white or like Muslim of some type because I have a black beard. You just got a great tan. Yeah. Okay. Not really. I've all, got a I mean, crabby. olive. Uh, this I really. He's yellow. Racist. Are you calling me chicken? <laughs> <laughs> oh guys, I used to have chickens. Yeah. I loved D- having did you? chickens. How long ago yeah. did you have chickens? Um I don't I think it's been um about just over a year now since they've all met their maker. Okay. Did I mean did you eat them? Did yeah. that's, that's not did my a, dog's did a coyote name. Coyote break in? No, my dog. Your dog got after him. Yeah. Oh. 
that's yeah, nature. It was tragic. How many chickens did you have? Uh, I had four chickens. Okay. Well, I we started with four chickens. Um, we got pullets. That's like a certain age. They've been sexed. Like ninety percent chance you're going to get females. Po- what's pullets? Pullet. P u l l e t. Pullet. I think. Yeah. If, if they're like really beautiful, do you get a Pulitzer Prize? Maybe. Pop, 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 pull it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you Pop got, it. You got the four chickens. Did you? Did um, you? One of them Sorry, ended up being a, a rooster. Um, okay. And this rooster was terrible. This rooster, this rooster was an asshole. He sounds like a real cock. Oh, my gosh. This guy, I couldn't, <laughs> if, if he was out of the, if they were out of the coop, I couldn't go outside without a rake. And I. Because it was just so aggressive? It would come at me. Like, and I can, I can still hear like the sound of his feet. Yeah. Any time of day, but I can still hear the sound of his feet and the wind in his wings as he's like coming for me. And so you just got to bat him with the rake. (laughs) I have friends who didn't care so much. Like it didn't bother them. They just kick him um, and he kind of leave them alone. But no, he had it out for me. He was establishing his male dominance. Yes. Uh, You know, I've heard that some uh, chicken coops do better with one rooster. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he it, keeps, I think keeps it, the ladies in line, establishes a pecking order. Yeah, well, I suppose I guess I hadn't really heard of it that way. Um, he did. He protected them. Something took him out of the yard. Mm-hmm. There was like feathers, and so he he gave up his life for his bitches. <laughs> and it wasn't your dog. What a, no, what a gentlemanly no. <laughs> pimp. <laughs> um, but I think that that helps them lay more often if there's a rooster, because like they you know during the the summer when the days were longer they lay more and during the winter they lay less but i didn't really notice a taper off at all when i had the rooster but so the rooster was one of the four so you had three hens mm-hmm. and and how did, was this a one by one you lost these hens or was it just one yep. one fell swoop nope one by one one by one picked them off yeah Bo was home the last uh roost, uh, the, during the time the chicken the last chicken died <laughs> did Bo cry Mm. I think he made Riley throw the carcass over the fence. Over the fence? Mm-hmm. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> deal with this shit over here. When Bo dies, I'm going to have Riley throw his body over the fence. <laughs> Bo, please never hook it. Please never turn low. But if you do, we're throwing you into yeah. the farm field next to us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gathering that you had these chickens because you wanted their eggs. Mm-hmm. That was, a, yeah. How, how were the eggs? Um, awesome. What did you have to give them food or were they, were they in the yard eating Um, grass and bugs and that? I'd turn them out of the coop so they could eat stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Chicken feed. It's just a bag of it and it lasts forever. Um, but yeah, it was really nice to have chicken eggs because you always know what you're going to make for, for breakfast. It was excellent. Um, yeah. And when we had the rooster, I would just put, oh. <laughs> 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 um, I'd put the eggs right in the fridge. You don't have to, but I did because mm. I was like really freaked out about finding w- a baby chicken. Yeah. And that, w- that would be no yolk. No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh. So punny. Mm. So terrible. Making it about me. Terrible. Just so shellfish. Yeah. Um, how many eggs would you get <laughs> a day out of this? Um, with the three hens, I would probably get anywhere from two to four. Just mm-hmm. yeah. So I think they typically lay an egg a day. And like, what kind of space did you have for these? Oh, uh, the, the coop is probably six by ten, um, and I can stand up in it, and I'm five seven. That's a pretty generous size coop for four chickens. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. They, I don't think that they were crowded. I wouldn't leave them in there for like more than a day at a time. I'd try and let them out in the morning and then put them back up at night. Yeah. And it still seems like, oh, because they weren't, they were trapped in the coop. It wasn't a coop that yeah. could come and go. That's yeah. why you had a bigger coop. Yeah. 
Because I picture coops much smaller, but they can oh. typically come and go from right, them. right. But no, I ha- there's coyotes and all kinds of stuff that that will get to them. So I have to have like a something locked down, like it's buried, like so nothing can dig into it. So th- this was here in Florida then, yeah, because mm-hmm. you said you were living with Bo. Yeah, Bo I didn't know you guys Bo had coyotes here. Yeah, dude, I didn't know y'all had bears here. We were yeah. driving through. We got family in Florida. My wife does, and. Man, they're, they're, there's all these types of animals out mm-hmm. here. Yeah, we have cougars. Um, I was pulling into the driveway. Um, <laughs> Just thinking about sexy old ladies. I know you thought about it too. <laughs> I'm straight up. Um, I was pulling into the driveway and I scared a bear from going into my garbage. Yeah, a little black bear. What an asshole. No, no. They will. P- they carry your garbage all over the neighborhood and then no one goes and picks up their own trash. And so I'm picking up like, man, people in my neighborhood, they eat weird stuff. They just eat weird stuff, and uh, they said the same thing when you were eating their weird stuff. <laughs> I was like, "This lady's eating our weird stuff." <laughs> um, no, I, fe- like, I feel bad for. Um, like, uh, I don't know, like, a, like a lot of like chips and stuff, and like Werther's Originals, like, like a lot of them, well, like old empty bags. People. Yeah, Werther's Originals, old people. Like, let's get there. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, reminds me of Grandma's house. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And I can honestly say, it's Florida. I love them. Where there's originals. I, I like well, them too. You guys are both getting old. <laughs> I think Aging you're gracefully. older than this young lady over here. That's probably true. So how I'm not going to ask you how old you are. I'm, I'm 34. You do what? You do the math. Yep. So he's older, correct? Yes. Yes. And I was pretty sure yesterday you said you were 30. 32. 32. So, um, I want to get back to the DZ at some point, and we're going to have to. I don't. You don't? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, today, right? This is going to run until at least 5 o'clock, right? Yes, actually, uh, yeah, just after 5. 5.15 would be two hours. Skydive the Land has been around since how long? Uh, It's been Skydive the Land since 1982. And prior to that, it was? Prior to that, uh, I'm blanking on a name, but it was, um, I mean, there's been continuous parachuting activity on this airport for 60 years now. It it was a club before it was Mm -hmm. a real drop zone, yeah? Uh, Falling Angels. Uh, was a club here. Um, 60 years. Yeah. That's so, wait a minute, what year is it? <laughs> Since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, sorry, man. I, good math. I'm Asian. Not all <laughs> Asian stereotypes are true. Mm-hmm. I can't do the math thing. Dang. Since the 60s. And in 1982, who started Skydive the Land? Um, 1982, I believe what was happening was um, Bob Hallett and uh, Tom Pyrus, who ended up being his business partner, um, were from Arizona. Uh, they were doing collegiate stuff, and uh, they came out here, and it was like, hey, this there's money to be made here. There's a drop zone to be run. Let's do it. And the rest is history. It, it's, man, history to say the least. One, we toured the DZ with you yesterday, and, and to give people a little bit of idea, it, it's amazing to see how big the DZ is mm-hmm. without a substantial student program, and it shows you how much heritage and how much skydiving mm-hmm. is in the land area that you guys can have such a great busy drop zone going on without as many students which let's be real most of us rely on tandems mm-hmm. to keep our planes flying and you guys don't so nope. what a great job yeah it, i mean it's it's certainly different different drop zones do things uh better than others and everyone i think has their own strengths um we don't do a lot of advertising it's it's not that oh we don't advertise it's um it's just that the tandem aspect of 
the sport is just ends up being a small portion of what we do. Um, and we're busy. I mean, we, we do turn out a fair, a decent amount of slots in, in a year. I think last year we did about 75,000. Um, and it wasn't a particularly busy year, but I mean, we were jumping. Well, Nick, I don't know. Do you know how many slots we put out last year in Houston? Gosh, I don't know that number. No. Okay. I mean, the, the a number that I've heard in uh, radio advertisements that we did years ago was over 100,000 safe skydives completed every year. I remember hearing a radio announcer type voice. You might know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Who delivered man. that message. Uh, so I think Scott Latinus does that. Oh, Scott. Scott uh, actually goes on. You know who Chuck Akers is? Yes. Chuck is a local radio personality for us and also does some of the radio ads. Is that who it was? Uh, I believe it was Chuck's voice that I that I hear in my head. Yeah. Uh, I know I know I've heard Scott's voice a lot too. He's on our hold music, yes. which was also a thing that I edited. So yeah. I've I've had both of their voices in my ears a lot. It's kind of cool to hear Scott like when I go on hold because Scott to me doesn't sound that much like a Texas country boy until you listen to him on our hold music, and then it's like, man, there's a good old welcoming <laughs> right there, man. He is a Texan when he does that thing, so. Um, you guys do, so we do a similar number said and done, but we have a much larger student business tandem and students. And mm-hmm. in back to it, it's amazing to see y'all's drop zone just flourish without having to build your own nest egg, bringing everybody around. Mm-hmm. And yesterday you mentioned it, a big part of it you think is due to industry, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably more skydivers live in Deland than, than most any other towns uh, in a drop that a drop zone is, is at. Um uh, you know, whether they're active or not. Um, but that helps. Um, having uh, Flight One here is big for our jump numbers. Um, you know, there's a military course going on right now. They're supporting a, a group with some training. Um, Fly for Life, I'm sure, is a huge help. I constantly see them trying to throw, not trying, throwing camps out yeah, here. Yeah, and doing it well. Um, yeah, Luis and Claudio were on the drop zone today. Saw them both for the first time in a little while. Did you tell them they were late this morning? No. I mean, by late, they didn't show up. Claudia <laughs> was supposed to be our morning guest. <gasps> this yeah. morning, I sent him a message like, hey, bro. And I sent him a couple. I was like, hey, bro, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, dude. No, I had a coaching gig. It went overnight. I couldn't get there in time. I'm so sorry. And he was super nice How dare it. he put his career over doing our show for free? <laughs> right, dude. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, we nicknamed him Chowdio in Houston after all. Have you heard that? Uh-uh. Call him Chowdio. He'll, okay. he'll appreciate it. You could imagine Swoop Pond, Chowdio. You get the rest okay. of the story, right? There, there was only one story that I was sad that we won't won't get from him, and it's something that uh, we have a, uh, one of our staff members, Carlos Rodriguez, also a Venezuelan fella who uh, is good friends with uh, with all the Fly for Life boys, and he loaded me up with some some good stuff oh. that I'm sad <laughs> we won't get to. I want to know what it is now. We'll get <gasps> to it later. Um, so, 1982, mm-hmm. Bob Hallett, right? Yep. Started the drop zone. When they started, do you have any idea what they were flying planes? What was kind of the infrastructure like? Um, there, I think that the first aircraft that um, Bob owned um, was the Skyvan, um, not our current one, uh, 101 FX. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that Skydive Deland was the first full time drop zone to switch over to turbine aircraft full time and haven't turned back since. Um, I mean, I know there are plenty of other operators who now also do that but i think that that was one of the major things that deland kind of struck themselves out you know i mean pack with it's a huge difference now Mm -hmm. i mean having turbine aircraft used to be like impossible to get to right it was traveling you know you'd have something like a dc3 traveling to your your area and you'd all go you know boogie style um 
But yeah. Yeah. So now we've got a, we still have a sky van. Um, we have a twin otter. We have a pack. We used to have two. We just sold one. Do you guys use the pack very often? Most often, I would say. Is it, uh, does it appeal to any certain group? Like do tandem instructors? Our tandem it? instructors do like the pack. Um, I think it's the exit speed and uh, the benches and stuff. I don't uh, know about the exit speed. Is it faster or slower? I think slower. Um, and uh, right now we have a caravan here that we're uh, just working into our operations and figuring out like turnaround times and, you know, getting our pilots really proficient with it because um, we've got a caravan of our very uh, on the way. Which is um, such a huge help to a full-time DZ. Right. But uh, I think that our tandem instructors are a little spoiled with the pack, not in a bad way um, at all, but I think that the caravan exit speed is going to be a little bit fast. And it'll take a while for, until that feels like our norm. Does it have the, the conversion? It will be. Yeah. Uh, do you know which? Texas. Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there, there's an argument between the two companies, Blackhawk and Texas Turbine, which mm-hmm. one's faster because one climbs faster, Texas Turbine. Blackhawk descends faster. Okay. And so the Texas Turbine, it's a direct drive. That makes sense to you? The engine is directly driving the propeller. Oh, yes. I know this. This yeah. is, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can feather the prop, descend as mm-hmm. fast as you want on a Blackhawk because it's not direct drive. Mm-hmm. Texas Turbine's direct drive, if you, you can go down so fast, you're overspeeding the engine. There's other mm-hmm. issues. Rabbit can explain this to you much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the name Rabbit. He's our chief pilot. Okay. Um, and, and I bet you if we talked about him long enough, you'd immediately go, okay, I know who he is. Okay. Just long-time skydiver. Um, and we actually had Blackhawks. I think you were around for this point. You were around when we converted to Texas Turbines, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was there there maybe six months before the first converted caravan showed up. And we actually had a uh, Blackhawk show up to the DZ one day and did several loads, like one takeoff after the other and time them both. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one argument was like, well, that one taked off before this one. And so they rearranged takeoff orders Mm -hmm. and just like said and done, we could we we could do uh, more with the Texas turbine. I was going to see if you guys are happy with that change. And we can do one four loads an hour with the caravan, three loads an hour with the otter net gain three or four slots. I forget what it is, but you can actually do more slots an hour with the caravan than we can with the otter. And we tried it a few times. So if you come to, it's so how funny. Many, how many people do you put on your caravan? 18. Oh, okay. So it's 18, not 18 that easy. Belts, yeah. So uh, otter is 69 slots in an hour. What's 18 times three? Uh, yeah, I told you I'm not no, wait, good at math. saying 18 math. times four? Three. Oh, eight, four, right. Because eight times four is 32. Carry the three, 72. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. So three yep. slots. Three slots. Okay. Boom. You try, man. Take that, Kristen that was a, that Johnson. That's a good guess. Chris Ten <laughs> Johnson. Um, it wasn't a good guess. I was there when they did the math, and I forgot. I think we definitely noticed the prop blast on the caravan being different because uh-huh. we, we were all used to the otter. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely feel when there's a new pilot training in the caravan when you climb out. You mm. feel you feel the prop blast, but but someone <laughs> who's experienced like Rabbit, it uh, doesn't feel dramatically different from mm-hmm. the otter. Yeah. Okay. Our, our fun jumpers show up and we get in the otter on a weekday and the staff's like, oh, it's the slow plane. <laughs> and visiting fun jumpers are like, it's a super otter. We're like, yeah, it's our slow plane. Oh, spoiled. It's got side benches and my back hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird to hear me say, hear you say the tandem instructors are spoiled by the pack. I think after they get some of the caravan time, they'll like it better. Sure. And obviously that's my perspective. I'm certainly not a tandem instructor yeah. and I don't know the, yeah, the inner th- workings or the reasons behind all of their I think they like it better than the otter because the otter I'm guessing is side benches 
<sighs> straddle bench. In the otter? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. For tandem, straddle benches are obviously so much easier to hook up. Yeah. So that does not, like, that, that doesn't make the argument make yeah. sense to me that way. But uh, Well, you know, it might just be making stuff up. And it, it may just be <laughs> that uh, our, our, our usual otter does have side benches. I wonder if anyone would prefer the otter anymore if it had straddle benches like the caravan does. But all, all of our staff, um, almost unanimously, I would, I would say, prefer to work out of the caravan than out of the otter. I, I assume that that's going to be our workhorse because it's a little bit more versatile. It can take a little bit more in the pack, even though it's a little bit less in the otter. Um, but uh, I think that that will be overall our our, uh, our workhorse. Fuel efficiency wise, uh, I think it's the best between all worlds because we looked at packs, mm-hmm. we looked at everything, mm-hmm. and it, it just it gets you the load capacity without the fuel consumption. So the the meat between it really right. has the same load capacity as an otter said and done because three slots in an hour is not much difference. Yeah, you're right. It's it's negligible for so sure. So this the the low capacity short sighted is different, but the load capacity in reality is about the same mm-hmm. with one instead of two engines. So there's definitely an efficiency in operation that that makes right. sense with it. Right. So. There there was uh, I don't know if this was a foreseen or unforeseen impact, but the pace because now we're turning loads every 15 minutes instead of every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The pace of uh, you know the a videographer had to keep up with was dramatically you know we had a lot less time on the ground. Same mm-hmm. with the, the packing staff. Okay. As now, instead of having 20 minutes to complete as many pack jobs as you can, you're, you're cutting you know, 25% off of, of that time. Right. So I don't okay. um, from, I don't know if that was something that was talked about and I just wasn't there. That's super possible because I was pretty new when, when they made this change. Yeah, my, my uh, I guess the way my brain was thinking about it is instead of doing every other load, we do every two loads. Um, just because then you give people a little bit more time. I think it's better for us maybe to start out slow um, rather than being rushed. I, so I was there for some of that conversation and said and done, I'm going to say it the blunt, rude way, the staff will learn to keep up was the said and done thought, mm-hmm. but it was a lot more professional and respectful to the conversation. Like, well, you know, we'll do this. The, that's the truth. Like mutually agreed kind of that yeah. everyone's happier that way. Yeah. Like, hey, you guys, like if nothing, you may not do more work jumps in the day today, but you'll get done an hour sooner. Which who doesn't want to have a beer an hour sooner? Right. Who doesn't want to fun jump an hour sooner? Right. Absolutely. So the staff really, uh, man, I give a lot of props to our our staff and and really, I love our tandem instructors. I think they do a great job. And Nick Cloak, take off your headphones. Don't listen to this. Our video <laughs> staff is phenomenal because you have to land on a fifteen minute call, get all your stuff to your editor. Fortunately, we use an editor, mm-hmm. and then pack and get to your next interview and get moving. And those boys just pump out their job so they got the hustle th- yeah they hustle I, it doesn't hurt that they got a little whip cracker standing next to them getting them going getting them mm-hmm. motivated that bad, man. man i don't have to do that very much those guys those guys move no i actually don't think i've ever seen you rush somebody the, the, the only thing that i ever say to anybody is that the moment we land on a you know on a summer saturday is hey that 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 plane's turning pretty quick i'd get right to that pack job but i, I don't that's you know that's only something i would say to a new person who hasn't Right. Felt the wrath, so to speak, <laughs> of the quick caravan call. But Do uh, you know how to crack a whip? Uh, yeah, actually. My very first trip to Mexico when I was probably 12 years old, that was mo- oh. I bought a whip. I bought a switchblade. I bought what I <laughs> thought was a little elephant statue. Come to find out that was a pipe that I had purchased. <laughs> did, did, not, did not know that, but I thought it was a pretty cool statue. Oh, yeah. Do so, you yeah. have it? Uh, no, it might be in a box at my mom's house somewhere. Mom's using your elephant statue. (laughs) Mom likes elephants, if you know what I'm saying. What's up, Janet? How you doing? Uh, My mom's name's Connie. Connie. Why is it Janet? 
Is there a Janet Lot in your life? Yeah, that's my aunt. Actually, you've probably seen her on Facebook. Yeah, she comments on <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff. And I Connie, here. I I do know that. I don't know why I lost it. So, yeah, it's that's why I thought saw it, is your aunt has posted recently. But yeah, I can crack a whip. What oh. of it? He said you crack the whip. I can crack whip. a fucking pull up cord too, real good. <laughs> yeah, if you've been on drops as long as any of us have, you should be able to, right? Yeah. Drawing blood. So the oh, yeah. the land has now said, hey, it's time for us to start using caravans. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, you you, at, you talked about slowing down the pace or working the pace. Mm-hmm. I It's common our new instructors on weekends are every third load instead of every other load. So the DZ does try to break in newer people. Right. Um, they don't try to blow anybody out of the water. They do give new staff the option. I've heard mm-hmm. them say like, hey, man, are you ready for this? And, and right. in tandem instructor training, so fortunately I do a lot of the tandem and my staff does a lot of tandem instructor training for Spaceland and I encourage my team to let these guys know and help them train them for efficiency. I don't want you mm-hmm. to be fast because fast doesn't mean quality. Efficient means both, right? Mm-hmm. So train these instructors how to make 15-minute calls so when they get into rotation they can eventually do it. And I'd like to think that you see, and you see it more than I do because you're everyday operations, uh, our new instructors that are trained by us typically keep up okay. I say they, le- they learn pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone, you know, getting that, that first busy Saturday, whether it's, you know, the first busy Saturday of the season or just the first busy Saturday in a while, or mm-hmm. if it's oh, a new instructor and it's, it's their first busy Saturday that they've seen at our drop zone and they're not really familiar with like, well, hey, on a Tuesday, I have a lot of time to pick this canopy up in a calm and collected manner and stroll <laughs> on in and I don't really even need to get to going over a logbook to where you, you just get in the zone and you, yeah, and or you start. Or it's the, man, why is this a short call? And you're like, yeah, it's well, not. <laughs> yeah, it's just not a long one. Get after it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's what it is. So we, we talked about uh, a little bit about the fact that being a drop zone operations manager requires you to do a lot of different things mm-hmm. in, a, in a normal day. Mm-hmm. Is there any spot on the drop zone that you like spending time more than, than anywhere else? Like if you had your pick of, I'm going to be here today because I like it. Um, I'm going to suggest a toilet stall because nobody bothers me there. <laughs> no, no. I'm telling you, there's a toilet in the gear store and my coworkers will talk to me through the door. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing sacred. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess uh, Manifest was my first job on the drop zone, so I feel comfortable there and I like to fill in. It's uh, kind of fun to fill in like on a Saturday there, mm-hmm. but I like the freedom to move around. I like to go check out what's going on at the hangar. Um, go see how the riggers are doing. They're all my friends. Um, I don't know. Just like my favorite part of the day is getting my cup of okay coffee and walking around saying good morning to everyone. Um, might be a little slow start to my day, but I like it. It's a way just to kind of see what's going on. So I it's it's nice to just stand outside and watch the watch the machine work well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I like that too, especially on a Saturday when things are moving and jamming, and it's kind of like, wow, we're doing it. Do Do you guys have someone who's tasked as being like the air boss of like, hey, can we adjust the spot? Hey, so and so did a stupid thing, and I got to talk to him. We don't have an air boss. Um, there there have been uh, events like where more uh like heavy in the skies like three planes flying and you know we want to make sure that everyone's given the appropriate separation and stuff and so we'll have someone do it at that point but on a day-to-day basis we don't um you know the keep an eye on things everyone comes running to manifest if you got a cutaway or you know if and you certainly hear it if there was anything uh less than stellar uh going on on jump run or mm-hmm. anything so manifest is super accessible to the to the landing area though, right? Yeah. Like the, the window's pretty much Yeah, it's right there. You look at the main landing area. 
maybe how about uh, you guys use a, an arrow landing direction indicator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whose job would it be to turn the arrow have the wind switched the wind oh the wind will move that yeah. arrow oh yeah. okay yeah, i saw it's that super, it's, on it's the super light um if it's light and variable day um kind of depends on who's jumping you know during like the fly for life camps or if zion has something going on uh-huh. they'll tell their loads um if it's either up or down the beer line um and then the wind uh indicator is just indicating the direction that it's actually blowing okay. in but I yeah I it's pretty with light it, with it sitting on the ground someone might have to pick it up nope it's really really light what keeps it from blowing away uh it is tethered at the point Oh, okay. That's so, so it swivels around the yeah. point. The point's the center point. Okay. So that cone, I'm guessing, a is its tether point, and b is protecting its pump. Yeah. Well, not the pump. It's uh, an indicator of, hey guys, there's a electricity here. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, the pump is in the front end of the arrow, and so it helps weight it down. But it's also tethered there, and so it just swings around at that point. Has anyone hit the arrow? No, but um, children like to play on it, and moms who come for tandems like to stand behind it, and push their th- hips out oh like it's a giant orange dick <laughs> yes that's awesome moms specifically moms do this yes that's the best news i've heard all <laughs> week i'm just like blown away to like what mother like my sister is a mother uh-huh. i love my sister death and i can't picture her doing of course my sister's a little bit more of a proper woman than uh-huh. like I, she doesn't cuss she doesn't swear she's a very <laughs> yeah um i don't know she wouldn't Take need her that on a note. tandem and, and uh Give her a beer. She might feel crazy. Man, my sister has actually like my favorite skydive ever. Uh-huh. I took my sister on a tandem. So oh. I, it's it's one of my favorite skydives is with my brother. Right? Family. Yeah. Your brother's a jumper. We saw him the other yep. day. Yeah. How many jumps does he have? Mm, I don't know. Maybe around the two. I have no idea. A bunch. Uh, maybe over a thousand, maybe twelve hundred okay. or so. Okay. Maybe more. It's I don't know. Danny, how many jumps do you have? Yeah, Danny. We have Danny calling in on line one. <laughs> so it's a uh, don't give out your number on the line if you don't want to. Um, my I, actually, my sister is coming to visit soon. We're going to take her in the tunnel for a day uh, oh, for a fun. little bit. Teach her to fly, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to take her up in the sky. And Nick is going to join us and one or two other friends. And we're actually going to turn a few points, and cool. then Nick's going to back out and take pictures for us. So uh, I don't know if you've cool. heard this whole plan. I'm, yet. I'm pretty sure I've heard the plan or just assumed that that would happen. Yeah. I might have told you. I'm into all that. Yeah, because like a my sister and Nick have my sister's happily married. Nick is happily not married. We've never married. met, but we're in love. Is what he's going to tell you about me and Debbie? Hey, Debbie, up besties. <laughs> like I go on vacation with my sister. She talks about Nick. Nick does this to my sister. Okay. I did a, a little video chat to my sister this morning, and immediately Nick was ready for me to aim the camera at him to say hi to her. So may or may not have winked. Could have flexed. I don't know. She gets them both. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to take her. Like I took her on her first tandem. Mm-hmm. She wore an altimeter. So Spaceland, you wear an altimeter, right. you pull. Working tandem. Yeah, exactly. A training tandem. Okay. A learning tandem. And I went to another DZ. I, I was visiting Indiana where I had worked previously and she happens to live. And uh, I was like, hey, yo, I, I asked the DZ. I'm like, I'm going to do she, this with my sister. She's like, I don't care what you do with her, bro. You just have fun. Mm-hmm. So I gave her everything. She landed with me. She flew with me. So she made her first skydive legit, right? Right, right. She gets the mechanics. Yeah. On this jump, I don't want her to... I, I like so as much as I will say she got the flat skydive. No, this next jump, my goal is to get out, throw the drogue, and pull my arms and legs in, and let her, Nick, Steven, whoever else joins We're us. We're having a fun jump. 
Yeah, yeah. And you guys got to deal with her flying. At least you got the drogue to keep us stable. Oh, okay. That's why we're <laughs> doing the tunnel first. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I want her to like. I want her to learn to turn. I want her to mm-hmm. fly. And of course, she's not going to be great at it after like. Oh, and it feels weird doing that on a tandem. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't get as much impact or input, I guess. Um. Well, that's how, I mean, that's how I felt. I have how many, how many front rides do you have? Seven hundred ish. God, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have, I have dumber than you. Three, uh, two, two. As I started skydiving, I did one front ride for a friend getting his rating, and that was at least ten years ago. I'm a. It's my job, though. Yeah, so. but that's still insane to me because even if, even if it was someone that I know pretty well, it was like, hey man, I need someone for a front ride. Will you do it? So you're gonna have a hard time talking me into it. I hate to say this about candidates but there's been candidates i've left the airplane with that i am a thousand percent confident we would not have been stable if it wasn't for me i okay. wear hand cams on the front and everything so i can mm-hmm. show them and i when we land i don't give them a radio i'm like hey look here's what we need to improve on here's what we need to work on and enforce that the second time they have a problem like look i told you last time we need to work on this this time i'm going to let you know if we continue to have this problem i'm not going to let you get a tandem rating mm-hmm. so it, the fact that they went out and stable is not but i know i'm positive i've kept them stable I can reach every single handle from the front. I can throw the drogue from the front, which when I got my examiner rating was not a requirement. Today it is. You mm-hmm. must go on a tandem in an examiner training course, throw the drogue from the front. What if you have tiny little T- T-Rex arms like me? Then you're not going to be an examiner. Damn. And the thing is, is I'm positive you can touch the drogue from the front unless you're on the front of Hank. <laughs> Hank's a big belly feller. Okay. So you get the rest of that story. Um, so I can reach all the EP handles. I can reach up and grab the toggles if I needed to. So, I, man, I really actually have more control from the front than they do from the back. Okay. So I, I still I think that makes you a power bottom. I'm not title sure. your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I have given that description a few times in my life, and that was the best answer ever. All right. Uh-huh. So it it is easier. Debbie, please don't take advantage of me on this next hand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing that I really admire about you. Let me put this into some context. When I'm having a tough day at work, going on a skydive is like my reset button uh-huh. of like, man, yeah, sure, I'm frustrated, and and sure, this was a uh, you know. I've been dealing with whatever, you know, whatever thing that's bothering me. Having a good skydive, even if it's a working skydive, like shooting shooting a tandem video, mm-hmm. is like this crazy reset button of like, oh yeah, it's easy to connect with their experience and be like, this is this is what makes it worth it. Right. But when the person says this is the coolest thing they've ever done in their in their whole life, I know that they mean it. Mm-hmm. And I am super grateful and really enjoy being a, a part of that. And you told me that you don't skydive very much. Mm-mm. And I wonder where you uh, if if you have something that is the equivalent of my reset button. Mm, I haven't made a jump in over two years now. Um, and uh, for me, I don't know, it's kind of it's it's kind of hard for me to want to spend like my rec time, like my time I don't need to be working on the drop zone because mm-hmm. I do spend so much of my time there. Um, it, it can be like the most fun job ever. ever but if I need a reset, um, I really like talking to tandem students in the gear store. Before their skydive, I mean, after their skydive, yeah, they're they're on cloud nine, and they're you might still have a little drool on their face, and you <laughs> know, you know, they're loving it, and you know that they they did. But I really like talking to people who are a little bit afraid, and they're so open minded and like ready to do this thing, and it's like, I don't know that, that, but it's been like that for me at the tunnel too. When I worked at the tunnel, it was like you know not flying as much as I used to, and going and talking to people. Um, I like that. So I'm a lot like you where I spend more time on the ground than in the sky nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, I still spend a fair number of jumps a year, but not tons. 
And I have go to like I for sure get Nick's question because it's going to be very easy to go crazy when I can't get in the sky. Mm-hmm. I have go to people on the DZ where I actually go f- like it, you probably don't know who you are, but if you listen to our show and you can put two and two together, know you're probably a place for me to hide. And I don't hide. Uh-huh. I'm hiding in plain sight because I'm hanging right. out. Do you have those go to people yourself? Yep. Yeah. You want to throw out any of those names? Relationships are they like? Places like for a good example for me, you can keep your secrets too. The rigging, the rigging <laughs> loft is a good place to go hide for a little bit. Okay, because a I'm in touch with the business. I'm talking to the riggers. I can talk business, but not it, it's a there's limited traffic in the loft. I I mean I like to go like uh, Heather's probably one of my very best friends, and if she's on the drop zone, I love to seek her out. But probably one of my favorite people to go uh, sneak into their office is Debbie at Flight One, because. Um, I don't know. It's it's an office. It's still busy. You know, I, I can still hear announcements. I'm still on the drop zone. But if I, yeah, if I need a minute, I like to go see Debbie. Yeah. yeah, I like to actually see Nick, and because the video room is such a great hideout, it's a great haven for, for most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the video room here is good to go sneak into for a little bit too. Um, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of places I go. Hidey holes. Yeah. How can someone uh, make let someone who's a working instructor make a good impression on uh, the person who's managing the drop zone? How can I be a good team player? Wow, that's a loaded question, huh? Who are the people that give you the least amount of headaches? What are their commonalities? I guess that's the question I'm asking. Um, gosh, being a team player, um, m- maybe just being a aware that although what you've got going on is obviously very important to what you're doing um and but but being behind the scenes or maybe even just being manifest like you have more information than just what you are manifest has more information than just what this particular instructor is doing Mm -hmm. and might have a really good reason as to why you can't make that short call Mm -hmm. or hey i got skipped yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, you make those mistakes and you feel like an idiot, right? Because how? Wha- I, I was bringing that up because nine times out of ten, when an instructor thinks that they got skipped, there's a reason behind it because manifest has more information. Yeah. Yeah. Just just trust the process, and I kind of feel like things do really shake out in the wash. Everything is even at the end of the day, and if today wasn't your day, tomorrow probably is. Um, but I know that you know emotions can kind of run high when obviously this is your livelihood, um, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess I kind of like in my whole uh, operations uh, manager experience to manifest because I have information. I'm a facilitator. I try to connect people to make them, you know, like, hey, you need this. This is who you should talk to or or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's How can I make you? your life worse? Maybe that's a better question. Uh, um, While you're thinking, I want to address that, like, you skip me BS. Mm-hmm. I was full-time rotation for a long time as a, as a skydiver, and in Houston, I had never, I can't say never, but I don't think I ever really went in and complained about being skipped because I, for many years, and I think you've heard me say this at some point, in the end, it will all work out, mm-hmm. and I can remember multiple times being skipped. I can remember multiple times being frustrated, but going like, just, just suck it up. It's going to be okay. And we don't do this anymore, but in Houston, at the end of every year, we used to go through all the numbers, and the manager, or the owner, Steve Sr., would actually say, here are your top three staff jumpers. This, these staff made these many jumps in their top three numbers. Mm-hmm. I was in the top three always because 
it's going to effing work out as long as you show up to work. Right. You'll make the most yeah. jumps. If you look at the end of the day, and especially the end of the week, and really especially the end of the pay period, and completely especially and totally at the end of the year, the people who are at work the same amount do the same number of jumps, give or take a few. Yeah. yeah. But every time we've been asked to dig into those numbers because someone feels like there is a discrepancy, all you come back with is, hey, it's as even as we could... As we could have made it. Maybe w- maybe you're up one or maybe you're down one. That's I it. will actually disagree with that lightly because there's been somebody in Houston who's complained about jump numbers and getting skipped. And they've been pulled up by two different managers now. And both times they had by far had the most numbers that year so far. Ah, that's funny. That's even better. So, yeah, it, it's like, bro, like you're complaining because you have the most and you don't have enough. Right. One percenter, first world problems. So... Um, what is that saying? You should never look into someone's bowl to see if they have more than you. You should look into their bowl to see if they have enough. It's very considerate. Man, I like that saying. Yeah. I, I do. It's a uh, don't give to receive, give to what's how that saying go? Don't don't give to receive, give to help. I forget. I, I'm going to screw it up. So <laughs> let's just stop it right there. So back to the real question. You got some time to consume. How do we make your job as the operations manager easier or harder as staff members? Um, like, let's say my name is the DJ Marvin. Get it? <laughs> uh, the Ryan Jenkins runs the video department. At oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I got that position right. He runs video. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the yeah. Ryan Jenkins. Uh, actually, we did an <laughs> LB interview. Uh, we do LB interviews through Skype. Oh, yeah. The okay. team. Uh, True, True, Blue. True Blue. Yep. True Blue. Who? Oh, is this one he was drinking on? Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's allowed. Um, yeah, no, and yeah, we were talking to Faith yesterday. I heard the team question, the team futures up in question. Oh, well, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. You know, every your life goals change day to day, and uh, yeah. I think what they were able to accomplish in such a short period of time was pretty darn cool. Oh, and it's super awesome, and, and really, they're, they're such a great group of people. Yeah, um, I've had fun with them. So, what can people like the Ryan? I just wanted to say the Ryan Jenkins do to make your life worse or better. Um. I guess come to the table, like understanding that everyone at the drop zone is kind of an equal part of what we're doing. There's no one department that's better than the other, more important than the other. And so don't treat yourself that way. Um, And uh, I don't know, just really just come into it like with a intention to help make things work for everyone and everything that's going on instead of just specifically yourself. I'd say. I mean, I know that's really broad in general. No, it's. I think it's a great statement because it's it's the right type of broad in general. So you've got two types of staff members who come to you on a Saturday, one with problems and one with solutions. Oh, BMSNP, bring me solutions, not problems. There is a manager at my old job who used to say that. Tattooed on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Did it hurt? Um, (laughs) Hey, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I have one. It's really cool. You want to see it? Oh, I'm dashing up. I'd get one, but I just don't know what I'd get. So, how much would that cost? <laughs> you sling ink, bro. You do tats, sick tats. <laughs> God, a million fucking times at least. My given name is Donji, D-A-N-J-I. Okay. And I think Nick, like, we joke around about tattoos on the show. And one day I was like, you know, I go by DJ. The same reason you don't like your tattoos. Stupid white people. <laughs> yeah. So Dan <laughs> No, it's Donji. So Don, what the, Don, what's the G stand for? No, Donji is one name. It's not a middle initial. Okay, Don. 
No, my name is not Don. It's Donji. Donji? Well, what's Donji stand for? Like, how do you spell it? Where did it come from? Does your mother hate you? Like, why, man, why, is, why is there a southern accent attached? Because I grew up in Tennessee and Alabama through fourth grade. Mm. I was a little... And if you see pictures of me as a kid, You I did was, look far more Asian when dude, you were a kid. But man, I, rice bowl haircut and all. And it was racist <laughs> in Tennessee and Alabama when I was a kid. We played A team, and I was Mr. T, quote unquote, because you're the closest thing to a black friend we have. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> I remember, <laughs> but as a kid, I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, I'm Mr. T. Uh-huh. Did you wear any gold but, chains? But you know, no, it's just a Sadie's <laughs> ring. Who would wear gaudy gold jewelry? Um, I'm probably totally <laughs> off base with this, but it's kind of interesting. As a kid, you didn't really care, and I doubt that your kid friends meant it in any sort of yeah. racist way. Oh, it's just, just a way that you yeah. kind of categorize and, and do what you're doing and. It was innocent. Uh, yeah, and it's just too bad that that stuff has way bigger implications now that we're adults and we can actually think about our actions. Well, or at least we should. I'm still going to make <laughs> you be Mr. T if we ever do the A team. <laughs> and oh. I pity the fool who doesn't like that idea. You're going to be face man because look at that. What's wrong with my face? He was the good looking guy. Oh, well, you're wrong. Now you're lying to me. I guess I'm good looking <laughs> just like you're black. So what's that face tattoo we're getting for Nick again? Um, BMSNP. I was going to um, say BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> what's DJ's plans for Friday night? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, actually, that's something that I think I kind of always have in the back of my head. Like it's um, if you if there is a problem and you're bringing it to, you know, someone who is like your superior at work or your department head um, and you don't have a single clue of how to fix it, you're kind of wasting your breath because um, we can complain all day long and it's just not really helpful unless you have an idea and if even if your idea is cockamamie and stupid like at least you're thinking about how to do it differently instead of just complaining about it um, it's kind of like uh, I don't know just help yourself help me help you I say that a lot at the drop zone mm-hmm. um, help me help you like give me the information I need to make sure that you're I don't know getting what you need um, and I don't know why, but it made me think about these people. I, you know, the emails and I have like canned responses. So many people email with like these really easy Googleable questions like, hey, what kind of RV parks are close to you guys? And it's like, I don't have an RV. I'm going to Google it. Like, <laughs> and then I copy and paste my Google search and I give it to them. Like, but I don't know. It's, um, Do you respond to any of the social media questions? Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll just go on and, and check to see that, uh, people are being taken care of and mm-hmm. they're not kind of left in limbo. Um, and, uh, you know what I love? What, how much does it cost? Oh Wh- my God. Where, where, how, where <laughs> what's your address? The, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, websites exist. They're a thing. There's so much information on there. Yeah, well, and the fact that you were able to email or connect with me on social media means that you have internet access and fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really don't mind if that can can branch out into like a, a real conversation. conversation. Is good, yeah, yeah of so, course. So if I can, if it really can be a, a teachable moment with someone, yeah. and you really have a good question. Sure, I'll, I'll, I can enjoy having that conversation even. Right. But when it's just like, hey, I was too lazy to open up another tab and type in your website address right. or Google the or, name of your business. Or just search the about section. Or um, read the yeah. email. I sen- There was a DZO who sends me candidates. I have a tandem cam- candidate coming to you, blah, 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 told me how I'm going to run the course. She's not an examiner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's not enough information here to give anything away. I don't want to d- disgrace her. She's a nice enough lady. And nor was she a USPA drop zone for reasons. Um, not to her choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but so obviously not a, a, a rule follower. And I'm thinking like, you're not going to tell me how to run my course because right. I'm the examiner. So I send her a very polite email back explaining the process, explaining steps, explaining what he's, she, that her candidate's going to have to do. And I get an email back. What about this? And I am responding to the email as I respond to email. And my you get email to copy and paste your original response. So, th- and that's like, so I, I don't do this anymore because it's very passive aggressive. And, and I don't care if you perceive me as passive aggressive. I do to a point. Mm-hmm. But when I'm passive aggressive, the aggressive does start to consume me. Right. So I've let go of passive aggressive for me. I've tried. I'm not great at it. And so I, I like, uh, as mentioned in the previous email, and then I started copying and pasting stuff. And oh, all of a sudden, delete the as mentioned. Ding, <laughs> and another email comes through. And it's another question. I got to, and after the third email, while I'm typing the first one, I'm like, I'm going to stop. And the seventh, no shit, I remember this distinctly, the seventh email goes, disregard all my previous emails. I've read your full email now, and I understand all the answers. I'm like, fucking bitch, read the goddamn email. (laughs) She was too excited. (laughs) She was so excited, man. You know what what TLDR means? Too long, didn't read. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, when it was super short, it was just she is, back to she's not a rule follower. She's not Mm. somebody who... Like it's part of her character. It, it straight <laughs> up is. And, and even the people who have run the DZ since will behind the scenes joke about her because, mm-hmm. again, she's a very nice lady. I'm not going to take uh, sometimes your work habits against you. I'm Sometimes right. I will because your professionalism is a mark of your personal life. Right. But uh, it, it just, man, how many emails do you get a day? How many conversations do you hear from staff? We're like, did you read what I sent you? Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that solution. People okay. come to you solutions. I get this a lot. My solution is stupid. I'm like, I still want to hear it. Right. No, it's not going to work. I'm like, good. I'm glad you won't think it'll work. And, I, and I'm not going to disbelieve you. But maybe your solution will make me think of something that will work. Have right. You, how's that hit you? Um, pretty big time. I hate the saying uh, teamwork is the dream work for some reason. I just really don't like it. Um, but that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's a, a collaboration. Everything is an effort of people coming together with their ideas. I think that um, bigger marketing teams typically hit the mark because you are able to work with each other and bounce ideas off each other. And no one person has all the answers. And so if you can um, kind of s- spread it out amongst more people, you're going to get probably a more realistic uh, approach, you're going to get um, more knowledge and information behind your decisions on doing it, and that just sounds smarter to me. I mean, it, teamwork does make the dream work. <laughs> so. That sounds like a scar left by iFly. Is that why you have distaste <laughs> for that? Chandra used to say that oh, all the time. Oh, Chandra. <laughs> iFly Dallas is innovation, in case you were wondering. Yes, we are. Sorry, that's an inside we're. joke for one person who probably won't hear this. I, I don't get it, but I got it. You know what I'm saying? So I guess yeah. I won't say pray to Jay. It's from Airplane. Ever watched the movie Airplane? Uh, it's so old. Yeah, yeah. I have a really hard time watching old movies. I don't know if it's like the quality or something. I just can't really get into it. Yeah, it was a great movie. So, anyways, um, 
the, the, the whole conglomerate of people. And, and again, the team really makes it happen. Is that mm-hmm. better? Yes. The team really <laughs> does. And, and it, it is. The team makes it happen. And I watch at DZs, and, and fortunately, I get to go to different DZs here and there. And, and especially nice that we have a few space lands that I frequent and work with mm-hmm. because I get to see very different team dynamics. And I love, you asked us this question yesterday about how the continuity of the DZs work. Mm-hmm. And one of our, I think Nick's answer was we had let them each have their own personality. And for me, it's cool to see how each team differentiates, how each team handles things. But it's very apparent. It's the team that makes the difference. Right. Do you guys ever get together like as like a, um, I don't know, operations convention or something and share best practice? Does that translate uh, not, very not well? Not between or? the drop zones uh, all that often, mm-hmm. unless it's like I'll, I'll go to Dallas sometimes or I'll go to San Marcos sometimes. And uh, I'm... I'm friends with with those gentlemen also Mm -hmm. so a lot of times if something you know if there's an issue or if there's a solution to a known issue that's something that might just get get passed back and forth but actually meet together um steve boyd senior does travel around a lot Mm -hmm. and he uh he's a really smart guy and every time i think that he isn't aware of an issue he starts talking about it and usually has more information about that issue than than I do. Okay. And so he he uh, definitely offers his his guidance and insight to uh, to any issues that might come up between the drop zones. But I think he still gives a reasonable amount of freedom to uh, to the managers of how they're going to solve whatever those problems are. Mm, I guess it's kind of a really nice way to have like multiple locations and not this like corporate feel or to just skirt the edge of it, like the good side of it, you know, because corporate kind of has such a negative connotation. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing that I was really concerned about when Spaceland branched out. And just to be a little bit clear, I, I consult for Spaceland. I own my own business. I work with them. But man, if you ask any of the fun jumpers there, DJ's one of the managers. No, he's not legally. He's not <laughs> like I do. I love it. Spaceland's my family. Um, the Boyds have been wonderful for me to work with. And I, I can't always say that um, because I have grown to maturity some. Like for sure, I, you know, I, I can I could sit there and criticize Steve all I wanted, but I didn't understand what he understood. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, I've grown, he's grown our relationship, and they've been great people to me. But I have seen uh, something that used to happen, and, and back to my fear of the corporatization of, of Spaceland, and they actually used to have regular manager meetings over uh, Skype or whatever kind of mm-hmm. conversation it was. And I think it would be cool if y'all got back to it. I say y'all because... That's I, I, I'm still because you don't there. work there. Yeah, it's I, I want to be fair because honestly, Nick, I work there. Is that you, a fair? You do work from from there, mm-hmm. and I think that most of our staff would look at you and think of you as part of the team. I mean, DJ does a lot to contribute to just the knowledge and training of of all of the instructors, and always has. You know, if if we have a staff meeting, it's not uncommon to see DJ there, and he uh, always has good input. And I, I really believe this, and, and I hope every manager at every DZ believes this. Bob Hallett, Steve Boyd, none of these guys give any of us any power. Our staff gives us the power. I have so much power and influence over the staff only because I treat them respectfully. I treat them as human beings. Most of the time, I fail regularly, and I, and I try my best to uplift them and help them. And gosh, man... Uh, Carlos, uh, a good buddy of ours, Carlos and I, I, I've had to talk to him a few times, like, bro, I want you to tighten up this. I want you to look at this. And I'm talking to him as an instructor. And he's very receptive, mainly because I'm not yelling at him. I'm not being a dick Mm -hmm. to him. I'm trying to lift him up. And I was on vacation very recently, and he sent me one of the most gracious messages because as an instructor, he took my advice and, and had a great experience 
with a bad situation, he did his job as an mm-hmm. AFFI, which I was like, get it, buddy. So I really firmly believe, and I, I hope if you're a manager on a DZ, I hope if you're a leader on a DZ, and I firmly believe, just from what I've seen and heard of you, and I know I see and hear from you, that we understand we're not empowered by our owners. We're empowered by mm-hmm. our underlings, so to speak. Oh, I feel that very much. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, I, I feel like I'm in a position of power. I hate that word, but I think it just makes sense in this context because I've earned that from the jumpers around me. They mm-hmm. all trust me. They all come to me. You know, I used to hate jumpers. Like, why are you bothering me? But then I realized you trust me mm-hmm. and you like me enough to ask me a question. Right. It's almost better to be included in the issue. You know, I say like I try not to pay much attention to like our, our staff Facebook stuff work mm-hmm. it out amongst themselves if something really needs to be addressed then I will but um yeah it's kind of like you 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 trust me we're we're okay let's do this together I'd rather them clue me in than not and like sorry I'm bothering you about this I'm like please don't say that don't waste your breath saying that to me again don't be sorry this is part of my job and we're gonna figure out a solution together you know something like that like I uh, believe it or not, we'll we'll push the time limit here soon. I want to man. We still got twenty minutes. Yeah, we still got twenty minutes. But I know we're going to get going. We're going to keep going. I want to talk a little bit more about the DZ and operations. But I also want to ask at some point if you weren't working as a DZ operations manager, what would you do? So before we get to that, any more Deland specific things, or let's just roll. Um, I don't know. Are you tired of telling us about Deland? You spent a lot of time. You spent, I don't know, a couple of weeks, yeah, two or three hours with yesterday entertaining us. And I think you answered a lot of those questions for me personally. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how uh, how interested listeners might be in hearing some of that stuff. The perfect mm. spot rocks. So yeah. We did have <laughs> lunch there today. It was great. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's great to sit there and watch Canopies Land while you're eating a burger. It is. I in, it. in the, I mean, you know, everyone's going to have their thing. Everyone's got some. That's one thing I, I really realized coming into this job specifically is that everyone has an idea of how to do it better. And <laughs> they might be right, but they are not the one having to implement the change and keep it rolling. Like everyone can have their ideas, but it takes a lot to keep stuff mm-hmm. in practice. Um, <clears throat> what were we talking about? I, I want to agree with you there. I had a, <laughs> s- a similar conversation ab- about a totally unrelated topic, but of, of uh, flying cars don't exist, not just because no one's had the idea to make a flying car. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, it's yeah, the flying cars would be great, but that's a really hard thing to do. Right. And just because you feel empowered by the fact that you had an idea doesn't mean doesn't mean realizing the idea makes, you know, that's not the solution. Yeah. I have the same problem anytime I've ever held a a meeting and I say this in almost every meeting of like hey uh, it's my fault for being an insane person that I feel like once I've addressed a thing out loud and called the group's attention to it of hey guys we could all be doing this this and this to to make the team dynamic work better I feel like because I've talked about it that the problem's going to solve itself and that is not how that works Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it almost makes you seem lazier cuz now you brought it up and you're just going to sit back <laughs> We actually talked about this this morning. Was that this morning? No, no, no. You and I, uh, when I was working this morning, uh-huh. you tell your staff regularly, do you need an engraved invitation? Do you do your job? And the answer is yes, they do. You can't blast it out in a Facebook post. You can't blast it out in a staff page. I mean, you can. And I mm-hmm. promise you, if you put it out in the general public, there are going to be people who will pick up that ball and they will run with them. But the large number of people out there do need a, hey, Kristen, 
I need you to do this, please. And it's common that they will. Like, you just might have to remind them every now and then. And I wish it wasn't true, but do you need an engraved invitation? Yeah. And you know what? If you respond to that, it's, it's, I used to get bothered by it. It used to bug me that I had to ask people to do things. And it's like, you know, the fact that I ask them personally mm-hmm. probably means something to them. Mm-hmm. Like, he asked me. I used to get asked, I was a lead instructor in Houston for a while, and they're like, how can you get people to teach classes so easily? Because nobody wants to teach a class. Mm. Because I never went up and said, Nick, it's your turn to teach class. I'm like, yo, Nick, I really need your help, brother. What's up, DJ? Hey, man, uh, we we got a class coming up. Uh, These guys have just taught some recently. I need your help. Can you go ahead and teach the next one, please? Oh, yeah, man, it's my turn. I'll go ahead and do it. You're real good at asking. I know I've complimented you on Uh, that recently. It's the approach so much. You know, if someone, like... That just uh, if someone were if people were to talk to me like that in my job or like if in a, when I'm in manifest and bring up a, a problem like that or like hey I need your help that would go over so much nicer I feel like you're way more as the as the approach e you're way more inclined to help someone who's calm cool and collected instead of you know hey you fuck this up yeah, yeah or, it's not, not um, the way to get the response. Well, it's your turn. Like, you know, just uh, it's uh, your approach is really important. We have a really similar conversation about approaching people in the landing area who, who have made a mistake mm-hmm. of, hey, if, if you're uh, genuine in your approach and you remember that you have the trigger in your mind that you've had because you are concerned about the safety of this person and everybody else and you come from that spot, it comes out a lot better right. than if you just want to yell and be right about some shit. Right. I, I find myself asking or I find me asking myself more and more often of like, hey, do I want to be right in this interaction or am I more interested in solving the problem? Yeah. And solving the problem is always what the real interest is. But uh, sometimes your emotions can keep you from yeah. starting there. Oh, yeah. Do you <laughs> do you have like a, a cool down period between, hey, this thing happened and hey, I'm, I'm going to talk to him about it later? Um, I suppose it really kind of depends on what has happened. Um, but for myself and, you know, I'm not a very experienced skydiver and I'm not current. So not many people at the drop zone now have even made a skydive with me. And so probably don't give me any credit and I don't, I'm not trying to say I deserve any. So I feel like I'm at a disadvantage when I need to approach someone about, you know, making a low approach over the building or swooping the kid's playground, uh, I mean, I bet the kids are psyched <laughs> if they didn't dive off the top of the uh, slide to get out of the way. Yeah, you know, like uh, I do like to approach people as it's happening and from a calm, really calm place because there's no, there's absolutely no ego coming from me when I'm saying it. It's just like, hey, I want you to know that that's not really how we want to do this. This, I mean, do you understand how this is dangerous and why you know, blah, 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 or whatever the scenario was. I typically don't feel like I need so much of a cooling down period. Um, but if it's like a, I don't know, like a staff, like helping people get their rift over with, I might not approach a certain someone until they've had a chance to cool off. And that's the point I like the best is I don't always need a cool down period. I know I can calmly and rationally approach you, but you just landed from a skydive and no matter how rational you are, your adrenaline is high. I do have a hard time with that. Yeah. Obviously not being the, uh adrenaline-seeking type compared to a lot of my uh, cohorts at the drop zone, my coworkers, my, you know, my fellow friends and, and the such. Mm-hmm. So, and so I guess that's why I really want to try and stress, like, really relaxed approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I forget about that. That's hard for me to internalize when talking to people. Teaching coach courses, one of the things we teach is you're a leader, and then we also talk about problem solving and talking about conflict resolution. 
And I always suggest let a pack job go by before you uh, uh, confront conflict and for a couple reasons. Number one, they need time to chill and relax and digest and consume what just happened. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't think anything wrong happened, they just have a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. Number two, the time of a pack job, if they're packing themselves, have wasted a lot of physical energy that you don't want them to have when they come at you, bro. And then it's back to that, that that time is just passed in general to let people talk, to let people uh, think about it. Because no matter how calm and collected I can be to talk to you about that problem, did I just turn into like a New Jersey lady when I said I talk? I heard the talk. <laughs> talk. When I talk. Are getting vaclimped. About that problem. Um, talk you'll amongst be yourselves. even more composed <laughs> 15 minutes later. Talk. Coffee talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> give you a topic. <laughs> uh, you'll be more composed 15 minutes later than you, like as composed as you are now, you'll be more composed right. that much later. So I really <sighs> am a huge advocate. Like it doesn't matter what phase of the skydive it's in mm -hmm. I'm going to let it be I'm not going to give them grief I'm not going to yell at them because maybe I don't know what was in their head maybe I don't know the problem maybe it's a legit problem mm -hmm. maybe it's not and then well after then I'm going to say hey yo bro how much time were you taking in the door what were you looking at like I I've actually gone up to some dude after I wanted to yell him on yell at him and jump run I'm like hey bro what did what did you see out the door when you were spotting like bro, there was a cloud and I just like, I'm new. I, I couldn't quite tell. I'm like, oh, so you were assessing something. I love it. Like he was wrong in my opinion, mm -hmm. but he wasn't wrong for assessing something. And I never told him that I think right, he if you don't gone. give him all the picture, like if you don't understand the whole picture, you can't correct the right way. Yeah. And you might convince them that what they were doing is totally wrong instead of just a fraction wrong. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah, I appreciate the thought. appreciate where they're coming from. But it's, it's easy to sit in the back of the airplane and yell at whoever's at the door not getting out. But I've certainly been the person to do that and then ask the person who, because I was an ignorant asshole, was doing an, S an STP and AFF jump and they saw a cloud that they didn't want to put their dive flow one out into and they saw the edge of the cloud so they waited. Great idea. That's a super good idea. But from the back of the airplane, I was getting a long spot and I was getting fucked. <laughs> but I'll give you enough credit to say you're self-aware enough to uh, to reapproach it later because I I've been in the same boat and I'm positive you have as well where you've given somebody grief and came back later and said let's reapproach that let's let's do this and I don't know if I've said this on the show but most people regularly know when they did wrong not always mm -hmm. and when they do wrong they know it and what do most people do to themselves when they're wrong no no to themselves and <laughs> get defensive <laughs> well no but to themselves not to others. They start beating, beating themselves, themselves up. Exactly. Yeah. So right now you effed up and you're the asshole to you. If I confront you immediately, you've I've excused you, recused you, I've dismissed you of being the asshole and I've turned into the asshole and now I'm the problem, not you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you beat yourself up for 15, 20 minutes because chances are you deserve it and it's so much easier for me to let you do that. Right. And then come up and be your friend and help you. Oh, yeah. When you notice like the wronger you feel or the angrier you are about something, the faster and more like you were latching onto this idea of blaming someone else. Yeah. We had a jumper visit Houston who landed completely 180 downwind in the main landing area on a hop and pop pass with everybody. Mm -hmm. And he was walking in and half our staff wanted to talk to him as he walked in right away. I'm like, hey, I just met that dude in the loading area. Can I handle it? And I think most people at the DZ, if I say can I handle it, are very happy to go, please do because we don't want to deal with it or please right. do because they think I will nice, whatever. Dude, 30 minutes later, I walk up to the dude like, hey, bro, thanks. Like your first jump of space and how was it? I'm so fucking embarrassed, man. I already know why. I'm like, what do you mean? And he started explaining it to me. And then he said to top it off, my parents are watching me jump for the first time. And I just downwinded it in front of my parents. And like they still don't know what's going on. I'm like, 
So, bro, I, I got to be honest. I came to just greet you and say hello, but I also wanted to talk about the problem. But I'm super glad you know what happened. I'm super glad you understand it. Like, is there a conflict with reading our arrow? Because I'm sure you get it. Well, the windsock and the arrow point opposite direction. So, it can, And he did have that legit issue, which, mm-hmm. you know, study it before you get in the air. But we had such a great conversation. And at the end, he was like, thank you so much. He thanked me. And I'm like, dude, you're very welcome. But, like, I mean, I, I'm just here to help you. He goes, well, thanks for the help. But, any, I, I, like, I walked in waiting for everybody to yell at me. And when I dropped off my rig, I thought, what the fuck's wrong with this place that nobody yelled at me? I'm like, oh, because I stopped them from yelling at you. <laughs> and he thanked me for the way we approached it. Right. I'm not the only one at Spaceland oh, who would do that. Letting people save face is big. It's huge, man. Who likes public embarrassment? Like, don't, and Nick, I, I, Nick in the last, what, two years maybe, has gotten super involved with problem solving. Um, not conflict. Problem solving means he sees a problem, he goes, finds a person, he says, can I help you? Can I give you some advice? And I regularly will say, if I walk up to you on a drop zone and ask you how your jump was and you're not one of my homeboys, know that I'm probably about to ask you next, can I give you a tip about your landing? Which is a nice way of saying, you effed up, mm-hmm. can I help you? Mm-hmm. So I talked to him about something positive. First, like, how was your jump? What did you learn? What did you do? What were you guys working on? Oh, dude, think about this. And I give him tips on the good stuff. I'm like, hey, I saw your landing pattern. Can I give you some tips and hints about that a little bit? And then they're now immediately receptive. Right. And I've Nick, I've seen you working that model in that direction. And he will go and retrain somebody instead of berate them. And he will help them understand it. And then when he gets to the point of frustration, he points him to the next expert, which doesn't happen often. No, I mean, but I'm, I'm open to the fact that I can't teach everybody, yeah. that I'm, maybe I'm getting better at teaching people, but that, that we have a, a pretty uh, veteran. Uh, I mean, there are some very veteran people on our staff who have probably had to explain these thoughts to far more people than I have. And if my skill set isn't, isn't hacking it or the words I'm using just aren't making sense to this person, yeah, some, someone else might be more qualified for the job, and I'm open yeah. to that. So really doesn't lead me to my next planned question, but do you have that go-to person on staff that you lean on and you know they're going to help solve problems in this constructive way? Um, I, there's a lot. There are That's a lot so nice of people who, who do that and some, you know, everyone's kind of, maybe I don't know, I don't even think that there's one person who is just the best in this area. Kind of, kind of, I mean, proximity kind of depends on who's there and who understands what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, if it, like, um, I don't know if we have a sensitive student, I might try and actively get them with a more sensitive instructor. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there are a ton of people who, uh, take kind of like some responsibility, um, a, a guy on the packing mat kind of stands out in my head where he's very safety conscious, but he's pretty quiet and calm about how he approaches people. And it seems to go over pretty well. I mean, I feel like he could correct me and me doing anything and it'd be like, oh, can we say his name since thanks, we're pricing bro. him? Yeah, Brian. Brian, you're pretty awesome on the mat. And I appreciate hey, it. What's Brian's last name? Raposa. Raposa. Brian Raposa, dude, that is a model of what skydivers are. Yeah. We're about community. We're about each other. Yeah. And I don't know you, but I respect you because this young lady, you like that young lady? <laughs> um, just the, that description. I think that's what, what makes us a community. Yeah. So I love it. And I mean, there are people in every department that do that. And uh, of course, there are some who stand out more, but everyone's got a strength. Everyone, there is someone out there for everyone. And mm-hmm. I mean it for learning and teaching. And you might not be able to learn from this person, but uh, you should try talking to this guy. He's going to... Yeah. Yeah. Some people do need tough love, and that's okay. If that's mm-hmm. what you need, let's get there. Well, if they need tough love, I'm going to send them to Carl Doherty. 
<laughs> I know the name. I don't know Carl, but I there's he reputation. Is a, he is a legend, mm-hmm. um, you know, for for so many reasons. But uh, yeah, tough love. <laughs> there is no holding back with Carl, from my understanding. He no. will let you know. Which, honestly, I love. Like e- even though he mm-hmm. might not deliver the message as well, he he delivers a message, no doubt. Yeah, and it it always kind of surprises me where I'll be like, I'll look at someone, I'll be like, that's Carl. I'm sorry. Like you want to talk about it? Like, no, I love Carl, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, <laughs> he's just ripping you a new one. I see that too, where there are some people with just a really abrasive attitude that I know yeah. I wouldn't hear what they're saying very well. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just the difference of perspective of, you know, it it might feel different to be treated some way than mm-hmm. it is to watch someone be treated a certain way. If that makes sense, I feel protective. Like I want to like come here, you baby bird. I'll tuck you under here. We can get away from him. Yeah, the mean but man shouldn't <laughs> have said that to you. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I mean it. He's a legend. He's got more experience than probably anyone. He's seen more things. Like man, he's been all over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he's a big, big name. Do you have yeah. a pretty veteran staff, or do you guys get a lot of new folks in? Um. I'd say it's pretty veteran. People have been stick. I think traditionally people kind of stick around to land for a long time. And then if you leave, you come back. It's called the rubber band theory. The further away you get, the stronger the pull to come mm, back is. That's nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, our chief instructor has been at the drop zone. Uh, I mean, he learned to skydive here. Bob? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bob. You yeah. saw Bob yesterday. Yeah, I saw him again today. Oh. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he started jumping at the drop zone probably in the early 2000s, um, got his ratings there and I mean, he's still there. Um, I mean, gosh, pe- yeah, people stick around. It, I think it helps that Deland's a nice community to actually be in and a good place to like set down roots. Um, you know, you have your kids, you go to school here, you develop your, you know, your family connections here and it's kind of easy to stay. It's a nice little, it's a quaint town for sure. I like downtown Deland. It's uh, it's it's got its attractions. And then if you're in the skydiving industry, I think you said the number yesterday. Deland has about 500 employed people employed directly by skydiving. Yeah. And then how many other people are indirectly employed because we have to eat, we have to do whatever. Right. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean we're talking uh, performance designs probably employs the most people. I think they have about 200 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, UPT is about a hundred. You know, give or take. I haven't you know looked at the numbers or even asked these companies to furnish their numbers in a while. But we heard similar numbers today. Okay. Um. And and you know then there's smaller companies and and so what um and. Uh, we, I think traditionally the drop zone has had not had very good support from the city itself. Um, and, you know, skydivers kind of get a reputation as, you know, unruly and they don't tip because there's a lot of foreign people who come through. Um, I think that's actually really, I, I have pet peeve about that. But um, About which part, foreign people or tipping? The tipping and, and the understanding and kind of the attitudes that people bring to the table about it. Um, but uh People being entitled that they deserve a tip part? No, because I think that our, um, the way our servings, our service industry is created, I think that it is, it's necessary. The tipping is necessary. You do have to obviously offer a level of service that is is deserving of something, but I think that our, the way it's set up kind of sucks, but tipping is part of it. It, it, Mm -hmm. That's, that's how it makes it work. And that's how these people can survive. Um, Tip your packers. (laughs) It's a service based industry, a dollar a pack job minimum. Tip your packers. I ain't kidding. 
Um, <laughs> but so uh, to get the to get some buy-in from the community uh, as a whole, we started getting uh, two-dollar bills, and we'd stamp them with a little skydiver. And so those would end up getting circulated throughout um, town. You know, they'd see it at the Publix or you know a little restaurant downtown or the bakery or you know whatever. These people are starting to see this impact where if they hadn't gotten it from us, they might not be getting that. And now we just stamp all our money. <laughs> that is what a cool little way to, yeah. to and reach other out to your community. Yeah, other Dobsons do it too because we'll get um, $20 bills or, you know, whatever denomination with different a different style parachute stamp. Um, so that's really fun to see. Yeah. I don't think in our little town of Rocher and it would have much of effect because the crackheads across the corner aren't too worried about us. <laughs> so, I mean, like the only businesses in Rocheron are G's Wiz, which is a barbecue joint. And they know they have good relationships with us because right. that's one of the only places to eat. And then the Rochevron, which is our local gas station. And Man, I feel like that's a word that's dying. The Rochev? Yeah, because <laughs> it's not Chevron anymore. Yeah, but it's still, yeah. still a good word. But like, I haven't frequented the Rochevron in years because I haven't lived there for years. I live off site now. And I walked in the other day, and Ollie, the owner, is like, where you been, man? And he, er, once a year, where you been, man? I'm like, bro, I, I live off-site now. I'm not here very often, man. I actually still pump your gas regularly because gas is very affordable, and mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate good cheap. I'm, I'm Asian. We are <laughs> spendthrift. What? Yeah, we didn't get that. <laughs> we are spendthrift. We're cheap. So um, we're going to go a little bit over time. I hope nobody minds. No, but, that's uh, okay. If you weren't skydiving, or excuse me, if you weren't managing a drop zone, where would you go? What industry, like, what what job market would you chase? Um, well, it kind of seems like a no brainer to to just follow up with my my education track that I that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a uh, four year degree in marketing, and then I have an uh, hospitality degree as well, um, with a focus in event planning. I do really like stuff like that. Like I was talking about earlier about big marketing teams. I think that it's um, it's a really fun, creative place to to work, and you know, to kind of um, spend your time. Um, but when I was working at UPT, I was actually, I mean, just like a week away from paying for classes I had already enrolled in to get my uh, interior design uh, degree. Um, I, in a perfect world, I would love to follow that path, but it's, it's kind of um, a difficult one to, to break into in Florida Um, to be an interior designer. You have to, it's a combination of six years experience. Um, you can come do that to my house. I'll I'll let you chase this dream. But now, because I don't work in it, that's something that I really, I really, really love doing that and the creativity and nothing makes, I mean, it makes my heart sing when my friends ask me, you know, to, to help with that kind of stuff. Uh, I really like doing that. I would do it for free. I don't care. But if I wasn't in skydiving, if I had never really been exposed to this, I think that that's probably what I'd be doing. The marketing or interior design or all of the above? Probably all the above because marketing is a little bit of everything, but yeah. the interior design specific. So our sport and our industry has been horrible at marketing for years. More recently, we've gotten much better at it. And people like James, James mm-hmm. Berry and other folks have gotten into the industry. Have you ever considered guiding the industry in that direction at some point? Um, I, Although I feel like... Um, skydiving in general is my home. I feel at home pretty much on any drop zone and given my parents uh, reach in the early years, my parents met in the 70s in Tahlequah, Oklahoma um, you know, during nationals and blah, 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 the rest is history. Um, But uh, 
I feel a bit of an outsider in this industry, especially when I stack up with people who, um, you know, who are in similar situations. They're second generation skydivers. And I just kind of feel like I'm shy of them. So I know somebody in my personal life who always feels like, and I'm not trying to make any puns here, has shortcomings. He's not good enough. He's not like, he's always I'm small. <laughs> underestimating himself. And once again, I'm not <laughs> meaning short jokes, but I am meaning Nick. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that I am guilty of underestimating myself. And you know what? I will take that one back because you do estimate yourself fairly well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to object to that. But, like, I don't think you have to have 10,000 skydives to be a value. I don't think that these things happen. You know, I, I don't know if we said this yesterday at some point. We come for the jumps, we stay for the, or we come for the, yeah, jumps, we mm-hmm. stay for the jumpers. Um, man, skydivers are a community, and I honestly mm-hmm. believe And I do feel that. Like, okay. I, I mean, I feel that through, like, the core of my being. Um, some of the most, actually, I think all of the most important people in my life uh, are in my life because of the sport. You know, whether it's my little brother and the obvi- obvious connection I have there, or my best friends, or, you know, some of the best boyfriends in the world I've ever had have been skydivers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I feel, prof- I like the community, but I feel professionally that there are people out there who would do a better job. And I would, I don't know. But you're a facilitator. I love the use of that word. I caught that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not about being great at any given thing. It's about being understanding what you're great at and being able to use those people around you in a good way. Use is a horrible word. But for example, Nick and I do a lot of little projects together. We do little things here and there. And there's no doubt that I'm like, hey, I want to do this project. Can you help me with video? But that's, for that's mo- part of a skill is to recognize and utilize the skill sets of others, right? And exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you are good at. You, we, as we talked yesterday, you were very, I don't think cl- you didn't say it yourself, but it was very clear in your conversation that you recognize the strengths of those around you and you lean on them in a great way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I, I hope you realize and understand very few people in our sport are that strong at that skill set. And it's a skill set we need in our sport better, better facilitators, better organizers, not to events, not to the, but the mm-hmm. organizing. And I just talking to you, I think you have a lot to offer there. And I hope you don't short sell yourself for those things. Go on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me take this ring off. <laughs> no, thank you. That, that's a really nice compliment. Um, I don't know. I guess I just feel, I, I don't know. The Back to the, I think the original question was, would I uh, get more involved in marketing to shape our sport? Um, I just think that there are far superior people out there. Like, I mean, looking at James and the experience that he comes from and um, the people who he employs and he works with very closely, like mm. to them, I feel like, gosh, I just sit there and soak up all the stuff they'd say and I'd learn from them. Um, but how many companies like James LeBerry Beyond Marketing exist? Not many. There's a maybe a few, but those few are small and those few right. probably don't have as much to offer with a marketing understanding as you. I mean, maybe. Um, they certainly don't have the reach if they are out there because I'm not familiar with any other uh, exactly. groups or Ex- companies. Yeah, Exactly. And so I, I can look at somebody like James, and I'll, I'll just use the word a powerhouse because he's the biggest yeah. type in our sport. There's plenty of powerhouses, but there's plenty of mom and pop companies who get their piece of the pie and they're happy with their chunk of pie and they just eat that. And like, no, no, you can have that. You can do this. You can do that. So y- you don't have to be number one to be awesome. Oh, that oh, I think that that's a f- character flaw of mine. It's like be brave enough to suck at something again. Like talk to that man. He <laughs> is great at that. 
Uh, Are you saying I'm good at sucking at stuff? <laughs> You're brave enough to <laughs> suck it. The two things I'll tell Nick, he's brave enough to suck at something and he hates himself enough to do it. <laughs> I will take both of those. The first time I had to explain to you that you hate yourself enough. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a that's a phrase that I've, I'm sure I've used to describe myself, just uh, an ability to put up with, with things that I don't like is, is, I think, what I mean when I say that. But uh, I'll just say thank you. You're welcome. So I want to leave our friends, our fans, our family with a message to the Skydive to Land community. To the community, if you could say anything to them right now, what would it be? No pressure or anything. <laughs> None. I love these last minute questions. No pressure, but let's hear some words to live by for the skydiving world. Um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like uh, we're all in it together. And at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Uh, and Just maybe take a step back and look at, see the validity of someone else's approach to getting there. Man, I love that. It, it's it, I, uh, old Dizio of mine ran a, what I would call more of a tandem factory style drop zone. And everybody tells him he's doing it wrong. He retired in a very beautiful house on a beach in a very beautiful place. Wrong for you. It's not well, wrong for him, I guess. Exactly. There's validity in his, like, I do not like if I own a random drops and I wouldn't do it the way he did. Mm-hmm. He's in a beautiful home on a beautiful beach in a beautiful country. Oh. Hmm. Like, he's wrong. Go F yourself. Right. Look at and you're jealous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not because I have an <laughs> invite to his house anytime I want. So we're good to go. But yeah, man, look at other people's approaches and know it, it's possibly okay. Yeah. You're oh, not the only right one. I guess no one really knows what we're doing here. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know. Oh, are we going to get super obscure about life right now? No, Let's go. No. <laughs> Let's go, no, D. I feel, pretty, I feel pretty specific. I feel like growing up, like my parents were older when my brother and I were born. And I feel like growing up, there was never a question in my mind that they knew exactly what they were doing every moment of it. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm like, they had no idea. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Do you, do you have kids? Uh-uh. For me, it's been the experience of, I don't have kids either, but it's been my experience of watching people who I know well have kids and tr- watch them try and teach those kids what life's about. And it's like, oh, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> like, you don't know what life's about any more than I do. And now you're trying to teach it to a tiny person. That's insane. Right. And those people are our parents, right? Yeah. Even though it felt like your parents had the rule book and that they knew everything. That was just some person, like whatever whatever friend you have, that maybe you disagree with the way they're parenting their kids. Th- those were our parents to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> we're all just pretending. <laughs> just pretending. Chris and I really can't thank you enough for spending so much time with us in the last oh, couple of days. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. I've had a, a good time. If you're ever in Houston, come hang out with us. The difference between our show here and our show in Houston is we have scotch on the table in Houston. Oh, I'm uh, a bourbon drinker. We have bourbon. We have vodka. We have we have booze. There's a beer okay. fridge. There's a beer fridge. Yeah. Isn't there apple beer in there right now? There is uh, whatever apple cider somebody left in there. There. It's, oh it's yeah, a, it's a hard apple cider. That's yeah, it's right. a hard apple cider. Like a lot of people will bring booze and leave it there, and mm-hmm. then I like buy an eclectic bunch because I don't know what people drink. Gosh, I kind of feel like I was a bad host not bringing something. What? No, no, that's no, no, mm. no. That's not what he was saying. He's saying that we have those <laughs> things. I'm yeah. being shamed. Th- no, no. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, we're going to share with you, not the other way around. You shared with us. You brought a wonderful personality and a wonderful uh, oh, conversation thanks. table. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're so welcome. It, it really isn't always easy to have conversations on the show. Guests mm. make it easy or hard, and this it was a pleasure. I'll tell you it's been two hours and ten minutes if it tells you how quickly this went by. 
pretty fast, it seems like. It was like ripping off a Band-Aid, it hurt. (laughs) So, guys and gals, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Huge, huge shout-out to Performance Designs, performancedesigns.com. If you want some of the best parachutes ever made, we just took a tour of the facility. You'll hear us share more about it, but, man, their standard of operation, their standard of construction, their standard of doing things in a quality way stands out. So perform- and they've got a really nice conference room. They do. So thank you to Performance <laughs> Designs for letting this episode happen. Miss Kristen Johnson, Kristen Johnston, thank you for being here. Guys and gals, we'll catch you later. Bye-bye.